Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, by Steven Jensen. Jensen, usually I drink water. Sometimes I drink coffee. This week, we all just want to be big rock stars. I want an endorsement. If they want to endorse me, that's cool, but Nickelback reference. It's it's energy drink week. It's WrestleMania week, Steven Jensen. How are you? Yeah, I was about to ask if you wanted the sponsorship from Nickelback or from Rockstar or both. Both? They both got money? <laughs> Somebody just oh. give me a bunch of money. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, this is my favorite time of the year to be a wrestling fan. As a as a fan of wrestling, um, you know, we got the collective literally on right now. We're both watching it like on our other screens right now, and we got a lot of stuff coming up. Ring of Honor tomorrow night. I'll be doing the post show right here at Fightful. That'll be right after Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. Uh, once again tomorrow night, YouTube.com/slash Fightful. Got a lot of stuff going on this weekend here at Fightful, obviously. And uh, yeah, I'm I mean. There's so much. It's, we're like pretty much like in the, at the right at the beginning stages of the marathon here with all the, I mean, with it's, all the it's literally like this, this show, the, the glory pro show is, is the first show of the, of the week. Really? I think there was like school of Morton show last night, but nobody really paid attention to it. Uh, no offense, but yeah, glory pro is, is running right now. Like Jensen said, we both kind of got it on. Uh, JJ's talking about Josh Alexander in Warhorse. Josh Alexander fucking rules, so no surprise that that match was uh, was very good. But yeah, we got this. There's um, there's Bloodsport like on. I think that'll be starting like while we're on the air. Uh, we'll talk about Bloodsport a little bit later. That's part of uh, my indie spotlight, actually, because I love Bloodsport. Uh, but yeah, man, so much, so much going on this week. I said it uh, right before we got started. I'll say it again. I... I really enjoy WrestleMania week. There's a lot going on. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot to do. I'll be happy when it's all over. I'll really be happy when it's all over. Sunday night, like I'll just feel like, oh, good. This this finally all over. Tonight and tomorrow night are like the biggest nights because there's five million indie shows going on. Yeah, exciting times, but very very busy times as well. Absolutely. Guys, leave a super chat. Leave a humper chat. Uh, like our guys here, Ricardo, the bad guy says, "Happy Thursday, guys. This ought to be fun. Hopefully." Hopefully this is fun. We do have our interview with Ninja Mac airing uh, later on in the in the program. 
Ninja, what a great guy Ninja Mac was. Uh, he's got like, I think he said like 15 matches this weekend uh, that he's doing. So I don't know if he's going to be able to do all of those, but he's planning on wrestling a ton this weekend. So we're really grateful that Ninja Mac took time out of his day uh, on Monday to speak with us and talk about, you know, his weekend that, that he has. Um, talk about ROH, talk about his uh, upcoming venture to, to pro wrestling Noah. Just a bunch of fun stuff. Just a great guy, Ninja Mac. And that'll be airing later on, probably about 3.30 or so. Um, and then we have a super chat from JJ's. Oh, my favorite big star and king of the indie watchers. This weekend is going to be awesome. Try not to work too hard. Love you all. I'd love to not work too hard. I don't have a choice. I have to work hard. Uh, Courtney says, hi, Jeremy. Thanks for the distraction. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, Jensen, let's get into it. You, you know, we talk about WrestleMania week um, and all the indie shows going on. WrestleMania week is headlined by WrestleMania. Say what you will about WWE. None of this is possible without WrestleMania. We don't have all these indie shows if WrestleMania wasn't what it has become. And WrestleMania is going to end with Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar. For I think the 18th time, I'm pretty sure that's uh, how often they've wrestled. It's the third time at WrestleMania, their third time headlining WrestleMania. A little bit of a different feel this time. They're not trying to make Roman the guy. Roman is the guy. Brock is not the the all-conquering heel. He's the all-conquering, fun-loving babyface. Jason, I asked you to watch their promos on Monday. What do you think of these promos and the, the go-home aspect for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns? And as a WWE hater, are you interested <laughs> in, I know, he's going to grab the title belts to prove that he doesn't hate WWE. As yeah. a WWE hater, are you interested in uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for the third time at WrestleMania? So I'll say that I, I did watch the promos, and it's strange hearing Brock as a babyface still. Like, it is something I'm still getting used to. Um, I thought it was interesting how he played with, like, the what chance, and so did Roman Reigns. I um, mean, I also thought it was interesting that Roman Reigns, like, basically said he'd beat up Steve Austin, just like um, he's going to beat up Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So, like, maybe we'll, we will be getting more of Steve Austin going forward. I don't know. Um, because there's been a I mean, obviously, he's going to be at WrestleMania, so they're talking about him a lot. But... Regardless, um, I mean, I'm excited for the match because I think it will be a good match, um, even though we have seen it at WrestleMania. Um, I was there live at their one in, was it New Orleans, where they main evented? Yeah, that was, uh, and that was like a big letdown for the fans. Like, we all kind of hated on that match and everything. So, but it is one of those things where the, the, it's an interesting dynamic with Brock being the face this time, Roman being the heel, and like that that being the plan going in because like every other time the crowd is like turned the other guy. You know what I mean? Like they they've been going opposite on who they're booing and cheering versus what the WWE wanted. So um, I'm interested in the new dynamic in this. Um, I do think the match will be really good. It's interesting that Heyman has sided with with Roman. Um, and I think he will stick with Roman. I don't think it's like some elaborate plan where he's going to turn on Roman or something like that, or, uh, you know, in like a line with Brock and I just don't see that happening. So, so yeah, I mean, I, the whole WWE hater thing, listen, <laughs> we say it a lot in, in, in wrestling, uh, uh, social media and stuff, fed dead, right? A lot of people say that fed dead. <laughs> if he, if he shows up fed alive. <laughs> 
so I gotta start getting I started I gotta start getting excited about some of this stuff, Jeremy. And, and I think Roman and Brock is actually gonna be a really good match. And I thought their promos were fine. I, I liked Roman's promo better personally. Um and I liked him as a heel a lot. So um so yeah, I'm I'm excited for the match. What about you? I thought Roman's promo was excellent because he actually he gave a lot more motivation to the match that I think it, it is kind of lacked a little bit. Like I understand they've been feuding since Brock came back at SummerSlam and everything, but Roman, this is a, you know, since WrestleMania 31, when, when they first wrestled, uh, when, when Seth Rollins pulled off the, the heist of the century, um, like this has been going on for a while now. And Roman just talking about how this is like very personal for him and how like, you know, you made me bleed, uh that night and then new orleans and everything and like you know i'm out for revenge on this shit like i thought roman's promo was excellent he has been on a different level with this character and i i'm looking forward to it honestly like it's a it's a different dynamic to it i've loved brock's character i've loved roman's character i don't know i assume roman's going to win and i know roman people are worried about him being stale and like all right who's finally going to dethrone him are they just going to have Brock dethrone him. It's like, oh, they're just going to go to Brock. Like, that has crossed my mind before. I really thought that was going to happen at like day one or something. But I do think that, um, I do think that Roman is going to win. I think it'll be a good match. I think there'll be a lot of drama to it. The fact that it's at the end of a four hour show and not a eight hour show should make it a lot better. I think that really hurt the, the New Orleans, uh, the New Orleans match. And like that, that, that crowd was, or that, that show was like, such a come down after after everything i mean you were you were there joseph was there like they talked about or joseph talked about like how i just like killed his passion for wrestling <laughs> like it seemed like it was go- setting up to be an all-time show and then like aj nakamura was so underwhelming um the the brian stuff was so underwhelming like there was just a lot of underwhelming stuff heading into to brock and romans where it just like killed so much but I think it'll be I think it'll be a good match and I've enjoyed the the build to it. They got one more smackdown. I imagine they'll play it kind of safe. Maybe they'll do a tug of war over both belts. I love that segment many years ago. Uh, but like I I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the whole dynamic you brought up too of Roman his like title run. And there's I think there's a lot of fans that are on like two sides of this where everyone agrees that Roman's like he's the guy now in the WWE like for sure. And like he did, he's earned it. I mean, him as a heel, I think is like, he should be their top guy as a heel for sure. In my opinion, but it's like, you have, you have the opportunity here to, because they alluded to it on raw, like that he's only behind a handful of people like ever for title runs. Like, I mean, there's like Sam Martino and Hogan and I'm missing a couple others, but there's only like maybe three or four guys ahead of him right now, like all time title runs, uh, like days with the title in a row. So I like that idea if they kept running with that, because I'd like to see him like get even higher on that list. Because, but then there's other train of thought of like, well, they really have Roman hold the belt and stay undefeated until next year's WrestleMania. And like, if they can do with him and the rock, cause that keeps getting brought up year after year at this point, like, at some point, the WWE might, might want to break that title reign up so it isn't so long. So they have like something. I mean, because we got to get to a whole nother year then at that point. But I'm I'm personally in the camp of like, I want to see him beat Brock. I'm going to predict for him to beat Brock. And 
I want to see him just keep running with the title. Like he hasn't lost since 2019, they said. And like, I mean, just keep that going. You kind of have a, a like a rare opportunity with this, in my opinion. I people have talked about the the rock showing up. I mean, Paul Heyman has been asked about it and stuff, and Heyman has said, like, I don't think it's a good idea because then you know why you're giving away uh all these matches for the for the next year like i don't i don't know if that's the the best idea in the world like you're giving away the result in these matches for the next year i think you can have the rock show up and it doesn't give away anything because people might think that roman and rock is for the title i don't think it needs to be for the title that's the thing is like if you have rock show up and then roman loses the belt to somebody at SummerSlam, like you could still do roman and rock and it'd be okay that that to me isn't a match about the title that to me is just a match about Roman Reigns against The Rock. Like you don't need any type of championship for that. So I don't think The Rock is going to show up. It, it's possible. I mean, it would certainly be a hell of a way to to close Mania. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I wouldn't be mad, and I don't think it does fully give away a year of stuff. Of course, knowing WWE, they probably just will keep the title on Roman for the entire year, and it will be Roman and Rock. But at some point, you got to make somebody and get this title and he's, he's gonna have two titles after this if he wins and he doesn't just divorce the titles the next night on raw uh, he's gonna have two titles and i hope that i hope they don't do what they did with becky where they did two titles and then they immediately took the one off of her and then technically she hasn't lost the other title because like when roman loses it should be a big deal it should not just be like ah fluke win lost this title who cares still have this title it should be a big deal when this guy eventually loses yeah, well, and that's part of this, too, is, you know, I think if he does wrestle The Rock next year at WrestleMania, I think he needs to win that also. So, like, you're yeah. still you're still kind of in the same position where Roman's an even bigger star now, and, like, I think way more, like, just people would watch that WrestleMania because The Rock would be involved, and, like, a lot of casual viewers would, I mean, it'd be a really big WrestleMania and a really big moment for Roman to beat The Rock. But then you're still in the same spot where, like, you do need to use this to create some other people that are at least somewhere near Roman's level, like outside of part-time people like Ronda Rousey and, and Brock Lesnar and, and John Cena and like those type of people, like when you have access to them, Roman's the only guy you have full-time access to that's like on his level. So you got to get some people close to that. And I mean, we can sit here all day and like speculate on who those people might be, but right now, like they got a lot of work to do with like whoever it, it eventually is, who's going to beat Roman, and, you know, outside of Brock, but then it's still like, then it's just then it's just Brock winning, which doesn't really help anybody. You know what I mean? Like so, it's they're they're in this tough spot where I feel like Roman has to keep winning, but they have to they got to pick out like three dudes and be like, listen, we're doing we're doing everything we can to get you as close to Roman's level as we can, and like whoever is you know whoever impresses us the most is is our next kind of rival for him. And they got to do something to like they got to start the process of of building somebody to beat Roman eventually. That isn't The Rock or Brock Lesnar. Oh, I put Hannah's comment on the screen because I just assumed Stardust is the person that she would, yeah, there you go, uh, that she would like to see dethrone Roman Reigns. Jensen, you've got the American Nightmare shirt on. I mean, like you, you there's worse choices than Cody. I don't know if it's going to be Cody. I do suspect we will see him on Saturday. I think the, the Seth Rollins match is on Saturday. I do suspect we will see Cody Rhodes. I hope that, uh, I think Dangor tweeted it. I hope that it's Shane McMahon just to fucking pop me, just to see the internet uh, blow up if it is Shane McMahon. I imagine we'll be see Co seeing Cody 
on Saturday. And then, you know, we might see see Cody go after Roman. If he is it on Sunday? Is Seth on Sunday? Uh, uh yeah, it is. Yeah. So at least that's what it said on Wikipedia when I looked. Wikipedia so. doesn't know shit. Wikipedia is usually really accurate on fight cards and like match they orders and are. stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um well, I'll tell you what. We so this this might out uh, a fightful here. Like we have it listed for Saturday. So I might have to yell at somebody for their wrong list. No, no, it is I do have Seth on Saturday. That's what I was saying. Yeah. So Hannah yeah. saying Sunday. What no. are you talking about, Hannah? Can yeah, Hannah. Come on, Hannah. I saw the hello, Mr. Jensen uh message as well. So hello, Hannah. Good to see you. Don't get it's your facts straight, Sunday. Hannah. Use Wikipedia to fact check yourself. That. <laughs> well, hey, I'll say this. Um you know, everything I just said about WWE needing to create new stars, I mean, I guess they could also just go get a proven star who can just come in and win the title from Roman like the Cody Rhodes. Yeah, that's I guess what that's AEW what... does. They just take all the WWE stars, and they don't have to create any new stars. They just take everyone WWE's release. That's that's what everyone says, right? Dude, I marked out when Seth Rollins tweeted a GIF or GIF, whatever you want to call it, of Marco's <laughs> stunt today. I thought that was great. That rolled. Seth yeah. has been Seth has been tremendous. Like the the trolling on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if he's trolling with his AEW comments. Uh, the the lowbrow. I think a, I think a little stuff. bit. He knows I think what he's it's doing. A, I think it's a little bit as well. Um, I, I do think it is a little bit as well, but I also think there might be a little bit of truth to it. But he's tremendous, man. He's he's great. Uh, Hannah Hannah says, "Aaron Paul Mello Becky from SummerSlam." Everyone is like, man, it's Shane. Then it's Stardust and Stardust squashes stuff. I was told Sunday by Sean and Seth. The fuck does he know? Sean, Sean Ross Seth doesn't know anything. What, is, what news has he ever broken? <laughs> he's my official prediction to win the clusterfuck on Joey uh, Janela's oh, spring man, break. I hope someone smacks the shit out of him, honestly. I hope he works against the Invisible Man. That'd be heavy. <laughs> That's what I said. I wanted to take a destroyer from the Invisible Man. Sick. Great. What is what is Sean Ross Sapp? No. All right. I'm looking at WWE.com and see where this Seth Rollins match is. They might not even have it listed. Uh, the Seth Rollins match. Oh, here we go. It's WrestleMania Saturday. So unless it gets moved, it is on Saturday. And Sean Ross Sapp is a liar. All right. An absolute liar. Sean Ross Sapp doesn't know anything. I broke the story that Seth Rollins is wrestling on Saturday. Please give me credit for that scoop over Sean Ross Sapp. And I'm going to kick the shit out of Sean Ross Sapp and the clusterfuck as well. Be like these NXT dorks who don't know how to work. They don't know how to protect their opponents. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's what Randy Orton just said. Randy Orton said they're NXT. He's like, I've been in the ring with these NXT guys. They don't. It's not necessarily taught to protect their opponents. Like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's he's a Randy Orton comments. He's day. talking about like the current NXT guys or like the like the I, indie guys that like came through NXT. I feel like it's more of an indie comment because he's talking about these guys who are working stiff and yeah. it's like they, they're just trying to punch me and break my jaw. He's saying how Edge is like. Oh, it's good. It was good to work with Edge because I can trust him <laughs> with my body and stuff. He's burying these NXT dorks. Bless Randy Orton. That's funny. Absolutely yeah, and, bless him. And to be fair, that that probably is what he's talking about because I don't know why he would have really been wrestling like 
the current people in NXT for any reason. So these, like these recently knee slappers and these guys who <laughs> just want to stiff each other and everything. Randy's been doing this for decades and there's a reason they need to do all this Canadian destroyer leg slapping strong style bullshit. Just grab a hold everybody. Yeah. Just go learn forward rolls and headlocks and how to set up the ring. That's how you become a big wrestler. Like that's the things you need. And that's what you get taught at the performance center. Forward rolls are important, Jeremy. Like Kevin Owens had to do forward rolls. Finn Balor had to do forward rolls. Sami Zayn had to do forward rolls. You know what I mean? Like Neville, uh, Pack had to do forward rolls. I mean, yeah. Ed Kingston was doing forward rolls, and he was like, "Fuck this!" Now they want me to be a, a referee. <laughs> yeah, right. Serena Deeb had to do forward rolls, and they made her a coach. And then, like all these years later, what do you know? She's like the best wrestler in the world. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, so Roman and Brock on, on WrestleMania Sunday, Seth Rollins on WrestleMania Saturday, Seth Rollins and Marco stunt on WrestleMania Saturday. They should do some type of trolling gimmick. If it's not, if it's not immediately Cody, I think it will be immediately Cody. He's so much better if they decided to troll to, to start it off with. Yeah. That, yeah. I think, I think that's very possible. I, very possible. Now Seth, all the people Seth has been posting gifs of, of uh, you know, I feel like none of it's gonna be none of them, like because I felt like it was possible yeah. it was gonna be the Shane thing, but like he Shane was one of those that he tweeted about. So like, oh, I'm waiting, know. I'm waiting for him to do the the Cody Rhodes like the ear cup gif. Like I'm just oh, I'm waiting yeah. for that. One. Oh, yeah. He should do oh. it. He should throw the Cody gif in there just to because you're right. He's doing all of these, and it's like, well, it's probably not gonna be any of these guys. So just throw the Cody one in there. It's like, wait, we think it's Cody. So now. Does he know? Like, is he spoiling it? Is it somebody else? So I would throw the Cody one in there. Do do the Cody ear gift. Bailey would be great. Bailey just come out and fucking kick Seth in the head. Be awesome. Yeah. But they just laugh. They just laugh the whole time. Like, ah, ha, ha, gotcha. Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. So. What's her thing now? Like, ding dong or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Bailey yeah. Is. Can't wait till she's back. It, that's what it should be, honestly. Like, Seth is in there, and then Bailey's music hits. Her music doesn't even have to hit. It's just over the loudspeaker, you're like, ding dong, hello. And then <laughs> Bailey comes out, and Seth and Bailey are just cackling, just having a grand old time out there. And then here comes old Nightmare Cody Rhodes. That's what we do. Hey, speaking of ding dong, Dave and Busters, okay. <laughs> Y'all are out here getting in the wrestling business a little bit. I He's see like, you're doing the special events now. I actually saw that at my uh, advertising my local Dave and Buster's yesterday. I saw the signage for the WWE paper for special events, premium events, whatever they're called. Um, so yeah, just throwing this out there, Dave and Buster's. You got a big cheerleader over here talking about you already. Just saying. Anyways, thought that was pretty cool that they're you know they're they're involved. Dave and Buster should like computer just decided to play this Johnny Swinger cameo. Um, Dave and Buster should 100% sponsor us. You're there all the time. You're invested in Dave and Buster's NXT or NXTs, uh, NFTs, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, I'll show it right here. If anyone needs any proof, I'm literally legend status on the Dave and Buster's app. What is this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you you're comprises. holding an L for for investing in NFTs, Steven Jensen. That's what you're doing. This is not NFTs. This is legend status because of how much I have gone to Dave and Buster's. But 
if you want, I'm not going to show you my NFTs. I, I still don't know 100% exactly how they work. And if I show them on the screen, someone might try to take them from me. You know, take that. Yeah, they can't footprint. be stolen. They're NFTs. They're yeah, intellectual but, property. Yeah. No one else can have them. This is what I've been told anyway. But yeah, this I got is like how 50, they work, right? Something like that. I got like 50 of their NFTs, though. I got a lot of them. Anyways, hey, I might become rich uh, in the future in an alternate universe. So we'll see. <laughs> in the future in an alternate universe, Steven Jensen. Dude, Metaverse Steven is going to be, I mean, <laughs> anyways, yeah, that's completely off. But it actually is kind of on topic because, like, they, Fightful even ran an article about Dave and Buster's uh, running the show. Yeah, we that got a press out. release. I'm going to run any yeah. type of uh, press release article. Uh, speaking of Cody Rhodes, he's going to hit the pedigree on Seth Rollins. It's a smooth transition here. He's going to hit the pedigree on Seth Rollins, who formerly used the pedigree himself. Uh, and the person who made the pedigree famous, so I've been told, Triple H. Triple H had to announce his uh, retirement. Uh, well, Ricardo says, drilling in my soul, Seth can't beat Cody Rhodes. Agree. Um, but Triple H announced his retirement last Friday, citing his, his health issues. He had uh, to undergo a heart procedure last September, and he said it was a viral ammonia. It seemed like he was very close to, to losing his life. Um, and now he has a defibrillator in his chest. So we're not going to see Triple H in the ring again. Jensen, this was your spotlight. What would you like to share about the game, the cerebral assassin, the king of kings, Triple H? Well, you know, just wanted to talk about him a little bit today because – he is somebody who at various points of his career was like somewhat controversial figure, you know, depending on how, you know, you viewed him and his push and, you know, people he was beating at certain times of their careers and that kind of stuff. And he's, but I wanted to, to say like, he honestly, like he deserves nothing but like the utmost respect from wrestling fans. Like he tried everything he could even in like the recent years to make, you know, NXT something special and hire a lot of the wrestlers that fans like myself wanted to see, you know, have that kind of platform. And I think if it was up to him, I think the overall WWE product would be more enjoyable for someone like me. Um, and I, I think that he has a great mind for wrestling and he, he's somebody that I just wanted to just make it known, you know, if you, if maybe even if you're a newer fan or just, if you are, have been around a while, like you'll remember a lot of this stuff, but I mean, all the eras this guy was involved in, like he's such a massive legend in wrestling. Like he really is like, the Terror Ryzen days to the Hunter Hearst Helmsley days to, you know, DX and then him getting like the big push into the main event scene. I think his matches with Mick Foley were some of like my favorite matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, his matches with Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels returned. I thought those were incredible. Um, I love the Royal Rumble match when they went to a draw. I just thought it was like an incredible match. And, uh, and yeah, and then the evolution and, and, nxt and everything he's accomplished it's just it's just wild like when you really look back to see in the click i mean and just all this stuff that he that was he was so important to, in the world of wrestling and he's going to continue to be and just a bummer you know that he's not more involved right now because i really liked what i thought his vision of the future of the wwe looked like and uh i hope he gets to implement that in some way shape or form going forward um and then there was the the, the flip side like i said you know the era where you know, he was, you know, evolution and, and he was beating Booker T at WrestleMania and Rob Van Dam. We all got frustrated with the guy, but we also got to take into consideration. He was one of the only people that was like still there from the peak attitude era times that they had, like that they could count on and rely on that they knew was going to be there. So like, I understand why they went with him and he got so heavily pushed, but it was a little frustrating as a fan at the time, but 
that all said, just wanted to give a shout out to Triple H, a guy who I think is one of the best overall professional wrestlers of all time. I'm glad Triple H is is healthy, seems to be doing well. Um, I don't know what he's going to walk back into with NXT, but whenever he can return to work, it seems like he's returned to work in some capacity with the, the scouting and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad he's healthy and made it through everything because it sounded like it was it was it was horrible, it was awful, and it, se- it seemed like he was. He even said it like he was right there to, to potentially losing his life. So I'm glad he pulled through with that. As far as his wrestling career goes, um, I have my gripes with a chunk of it. There was a lot of stuff that I did not enjoy. Um, his his Ric Flair cosplay and and holding down talent at various points. Not a fan of that. Uh, he had some good matches. He had some certainly some memorable feuds. The the Foley stuff is honestly stuff of legend. Like that that is some the the street fight at Rumble and then Hell in a Cell and No Way Out. Like those are legendary matches right there. Like the Rock feud was very good as well. And that spanned a couple, couple different years uh, when it was just an intercontinental title feud at SummerSlam 98. And then when it was a, a world title feud uh, a few years later. So he had some legendary moments. He had some, he had some very good matches. Um, but I, I can't say that I was the, the biggest Triple H fan in the world. And I'm honestly not going to sort of pretend otherwise that, that, I was a huge fan just because he is retired. I do thank him for the moments he did give me that I did enjoy. And again, above anything that has to do with wrestling in the ring, behind the scenes, anything like that, I'm glad he's pulled through and he's he's doing well health-wise on that because that is way more important than my gripes with him wrestling-wise or, or wrestling persona wise or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad he's doing well and he's healthy. I'm not going to act like I cared that much about Triple H's wrestling career or that I had spent the majority of, of my um, sort of my, my takes, my time as a takes artist uh, for my opinion that I, I was a big Triple H fan or that I, I really enjoyed a lot of his work. That it, uh, Many mentions co-founding DX. Yes, like great moments. Ev- Evolution was, you know, that gave us uh, a version of Randy Orton that gave us Batista. Like That was great. I'm not going to take anything away from from what he did and kind of a foundation he laid in certain aspects when it comes to wrestling that should certainly be admired and respected watching him on screen i didn't enjoy a lot of his work i think that's totally fair like i uh i mean i wasn't like the hugest triple h fan in the ring always uh but like i said it was more about like just wanted to put the respect out there for like what the guy has accomplished, which is like really, really incredible. Like the longevity, especially like he was around a long time and the injuries, dude, if nothing else, I think people need to go back and watch his tag team match with Austin against Benoit and Jericho. And when he got that quad injury, the fact that that man finished that match, like makes no scientific sense whatsoever. Like no medical sense whatsoever. Like you shouldn't even be able to stand on a leg like that. Not no, no, no less finish a match and get put in, you know, a wall to Jericho and stuff after you've torn your quad. Like, I mean, but it is, but I, I tr- trust me, there were plenty of times, like, especially in the early two thousands that I was like really frustrated with triple H. Um, but he won me back big time with NXT. I got to give him that credit. He did. And, and I do think, and, and I've said this before, is Triple H will get a bad rap when it comes to NXT for like trying to hoard talent 
And, and I mean, that was certainly factual when it came, came to NXT and, you know, wanted to do NXT UK and the reports of NXT Japan and Mexico and all this stuff. Like he will get a bad rap for that stuff, but he did provide a, a sort of a like lower level AEW where it's like, hey, here's all your favorite indie stars at this place and they're making good money and they're on television every week or at that time WWE Network and then it became television and everything. Like I he will get a bad rap because of what eventually happened for all of that stuff. But he handed WWE plenty of stars uh, that they just didn't do anything with. And that's not his fault. It's not his fault that Shinsuke Nakamura came to the roster and they didn't really do anything with him. Same with Finn Balor. Finn Balor got hurt. That's unfortunate. But, but Keith Lee, like they handed him plenty of guys and it just, Vince's vision and Triple H's vision were two different things. But Triple H, certainly, he gave these guys a bigger platform that we all loved and enjoyed on the indies. And he tried to do what he could with NXT. There were some misfires in there uh, as far as what NXT was able to to accomplish. But it should have been bigger than it was. It wasn't because of the disconnect between Triple H and Vince. I don't blame Triple H for WWE, the main roster, mishandling a lot of these talents. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with all that. And and I also think it's also just interesting when you when you think about some of the things Triple H was doing with NXT, like we, we were just saying. And on top of that, let's not forget, like he brought in Jushin Thunder Liger to wrestle Tyler Breeze. Like New yeah. Japan contracted Jushin Liger. Like this is years before the Forbidden Door, like, you know, with AEW and, and all this stuff. Like, I think that Triple H, if Triple H was actually, like, at this point, kind of in charge of everything, like Raw SmackDown, like, kind of the whole, he was kind of like the current day Vince, really making the the big moves for the company. I think they would be involved with a bunch of other companies. And, like, they would have a ton of buzz, and it would be, the WWE would look completely different. And I think I would love the product. Um, so I just want to put that out there, too. Like, Triple H looked very open to the idea of working with other companies and stuff like that also, which... It's something that we praise a lot for AEW and, and you know Impact New Japan and all those kind of companies working together. So just want to throw that out there too. I, I think when it comes to that, is Triple H wanted to take over a lot of these companies, um, and that's where people and that's our, myself included in this were like, oh, this didn't really help the scene. Like um, you know, progress is a good example. Like I don't know how much the progress relationship. Uh, you know, benefited prior evolve is another one. I think it could have had certain things just been handled better and they utilized the WWE network a little bit better. But then, especially once AEW started, it became more of a pissing petty contest and Triple H lost that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I completely agree with all that. Uh Jake says, finally able to catch the game live. What's up, Jake? Hope you're doing well, buddy. Hope you enjoy the uh WrestleMania weekend. There's apparently a coincidental uh cody Rhodes thing oh it's just the wwe is releasing uh some dusty Rhodes merchandise today and so people are of course uh reading into to that of like oh seems kind of cool you know why are they doing this dusty release drop on wrestlemania week what's going on here so it's the big topic of discussion going yeah on. the timing of that might be a little suspect but i mean they they released the Dusty Roads. The Dusty Roads like, classic just wrapped up, did it not? Well, right, on, yeah, guys. good call for sure. And I'm about to say like his like I, I bought one of his action figures within the last few months. Like it hasn't been out for very long. It's a WWE figure, so like I 
I mean, and then that might mean nothing, or they also might be trolling and playing into this too. Like, you know, they're like, well, hey, they'll, they'll talk about Cody. We're talking about Cody, but not mentioning Cody. Like, we're, <laughs> you know, like, might as well throw this out there too and get everyone talking even more. So, yeah. Uh, let's move on to AEW, the AEW spotlights this week. Tony Storm joined AEW last night. She was the big mystery signing, uh, defeating the Bunny to officially qualify for the Own Heart Women's uh, Tournament. Tony Storm, she basically just walked out on WWE at the, the end of December last year. Uh, she was in a title program with, with Charlotte Flair. They were throwing pies in each other's faces. And then Tony just decided, um, I'm out. I'm done, Gus. And she left. She, she did her 90 days. And now she's in AEW. What do you make of uh, Tony Storm in AEW, Jensen? Um, I love it. Like, you got a big pop. Really big pop. Yeah. Um, I like to hear that. Um, yeah, I mean, especially, like, that's the stuff she was doing in the WWE, throwing pies at people and stuff. Because here's the thing. there. Were, I remember there was also reports, probably around the same time, about Charlotte Flair, you know, walking out and stuff, too, and causing problems backstage or whatever, because she was fed up with having to feud with dolls you know like like you know like so i can totally understand tony storm being like okay i see the direction all this is going in i want nothing to do with this like i'm out of here um it'd be nice if they did the same thing for ali who's like publicly begging for a release like you know but um i think tony storm's gonna be a great fit in the aw women's division i i think she's gonna have really good matches against that entire roster and she could very well be you know i could see her being me, I don't know if they want to put her right in the world title mix or if they want to have her more in the TNT title mix with Jade because I think her and Jade would have a really good match because I think Tony could help her in a lot of ways. Like, I think it would be really good, like the dynamic between those two. Um, but I think like her and Thunder Rosa would be fantastic, you know. So, like, uh, you know, and the other thing that I kind of ties into the spotlight is Athena because everyone's talking about her right now as well, like not being signed currently. And I agree with that too, like, they should absolutely bring her in, like, she's fantastic. So, I think that, you know, these are the kind of moves I think AEW needs to make uh, for the women's division. So I'm totally happy with Tony Storm showing up there last night. I have no issues with Tony Storm, them signing her. It's a great signing. I think Tony probably miscast in WWE. The stuff she was doing in WWE, probably just not, um, uh, not, not playing to her strengths, I would say. And now in AEW, she'll probably be able to play to her strengths a little bit more. Here is my concern with, with these new signings. And it's kind of the same thing when they do this with the men. The difference between the men and the women is they just dedicate a lot more television time to the men. He's like, all right, Tony Storm is here. She'll get she'll get a spotlight for a little while, I would imagine. And then how do you keep her sort of in rotation and in ready and in you know, regularly featured on this stuff. You know, Arn Anderson just just commented on this not too recently of like, you need just weeks and weeks of television time to to really establish a guy, get him over, get him to that point where fans care. And if you're just kind of, oh, you're here for two weeks and then off and then you're back for a week and then off, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Uh, you know, Ruby Soho came in very hot in September. After the Brit feud, she was pretty much gone and then um she, she was part of the tbs tournament but then after that she just she hasn't done a whole lot you know like ruby when was the last time like when was the last time ruby wrestled 
on on Dynamite. I'm gonna look this up, but I feel like it's been forever. And now, like, if you're gonna bring in Tony Storm, that's great. Just like it is with the the women, or just like it is with the men, it's gonna push people down the card. And now you've got to find television time for for everybody else. Ruby's last Dynamite match was uh, against Nyla, beginning of of February, and she lost. And she hasn't been on television since then. And before that, she was on Rampage in January. So she's had just kind of three matches on Dynamite and Rampage this year. And Ruby came in very hot. That was a big get for AEW. And she's had three, between Dynamite and Rampage, three matches on TV this year. And I worry that Tony Tony Storm is going to, if they if they bring in Ember, which Ember is at least, Ember and Jade are kind of battling out a little bit on Twitter. Uh, if they bring in her, then that's going to be an, another issue where, okay, Tony, she's the hot thing right now. How long does she stay at this level? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. And those I think are legitimate concerns. Um, but I don't know but the way that I look at it when it comes to the AEW women's division specifically is like, if you have a chance of getting women that are good workers that have like, that have a fan base built in, like you get them like, oh, 100%. You, you know, um, now the other thing is kind of going to come down to like matter of opinion. I think when it comes to someone like Ruby Soho, for instance, because if it's me personally, like I still have Britt Baker beat her. I still have, you know, Thunder Rosa as the champion. Like, I still think they have the right people in place for what they've done. And I just don't think Ruby figured into that, you know, right now. Um, but at the same time, it's the, it's the not being on TV for like two months straight kind of stuff when you're like, you're hot on TV and then you're not seen for a long time that I do have. I understand the concern with that. Um, because you would want her more active and on television. Like I have no, I have no problem with that at all. Like she should, she should be on TV more. Um, and you hope that that doesn't happen to, to Tony. Like well, that's totally understandable as well. But I think that it's just one of those things where like, they're all going to have their chance to kind of like prove themselves isn't the right word because like a lot of them are coming in proven already. Like Tony storm has had a very good career already heading into this, but like, you also, you also don't want to get in like a habit of having, you know, ex-WWE wrestler come in and beat, you know, AEW homegrown wrestler. And now like there's that dynamic also of like, they did all this work in this one company. Someone else is coming over and like, I don't know. There's just a lot that factors into it, I think, when it comes to them signing people from the WWE. Um, some of them, it's just going to be undeniable. Like you get a Brian Danielson or a CM Punk, like they're going to get massive pushes because they are massive, massive stars. Like even outside of wrestling, people know them you know like so it's uh that that's kind of thing that, like for instance like if the, if AEW got like a charlotte flair or like a sasha banks you better believe that they would be like there, we wouldn't even be having this conversation we'd be like sasha banks that's gonna be it's gonna be her and thunder rosa like probably right away and like do it um but i think tony storm just they, they just gotta kind of work themselves in and then you know just they gotta figure it out from there they also don't get a lot of team uh, TV time in comparison to the men. And I understand that as well. I understand that's a concern with a lot of the fan base too. Um, we also just have to keep in mind when we have that conversation, like what would, if you only have so much TV time, what would you remove to put what in its place? Cause I think AEW put on a hell of a show on Wednesday as, as it was, but they could factor in the women more often and that would give them more spots. So I, I understand completely, you know, kind of where 
there's, there's a lot of different because you know what I mean? Like the, the women's division, I think is the most polarizing thing about the AEW fan base is a lot of people love the show as is. And a lot of people are complaining that there aren't enough women on it, you know, but they still like the show, but they want more mo- women involved. So it's like, it's kind of balancing all of that stuff somehow for a company and, that's and, brand new, by the way, still. And, and it is a give and take. And I, I completely understand that. And you're right that, Hey, if you want more women on the show, what are you removing from the show? I do think there is some weeks there's stuff to remove, but I don't need a varsity blondes match. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, even like, if you look at the, the rampage lineup, I don't know if I need to see this house of black match, the, this six man tag one, I feel like it's just too predictable. Like just, just let them do a vignette and, and whatever. And like actually give, give women some television time on that. I know they have the, the own tournament and the own tournament now is going to take up a lot of TV time for the women. And then once the men's qualifying matches starts, that's going to take up a lot of time for that. They got to keep between the own tournament between Jade. Jade always is going to have her thing as long as she's undefeated. And, and I mean, the title is going to be the title. The TBS title is going to be the title. You would think that they will have something for that, whether it's Jade or whoever the new champion will be when she gets the throne. And the women's title will have time as well. So between those three things, they're doing a pretty good job, like getting the women on television. I would still like to see a little bit more. And yeah, okay, if you're going to do that, what are you going to take away? I think last night, it'd be tough to sort of take away anything. I don't know if I needed a John Moxley, Jay Lethal match last night. Honestly, like it was a good match. Don't get me wrong. But like I saw Danielson and Yuta later on. And that sort of did all you needed to do with the, the Blackpool Combat Club. I didn't need John Moxley just beating Jay Lethal. Maybe we could have given the women like time there instead of doing that match. And and look, I understand Jay John Moxley's a bigger star than any woman on the roster. So they want to get a John Moxley match on there. But it's just something where I didn't I didn't need John Moxley and Jay Lethal. I don't really need Jay Lethal on my television, period. Um so I probably would have just gone with something else there uh, instead, of, instead of that match. And maybe I would have done a women's match. Same thing in Rampage. I don't know if I need a House of Black six-man tag. But you do have to – there is the give and take. And I understand that, hey, people want a John Moxley match over I don't know, a Ty Conti match or, or an Anna Jade match. Like, I get that. you got some. You got to find a balance. And it, somebody mentioned the, the QT comments is – I don't fully agree with like how he phrased it or anything like that, but I get his point of we've got a hundred men on the roster. We've got 50 women on the roster. We just got to dedicate more time to the men because we just have more men on the roster. I get that point. I don't think he phrased it very well. That doesn't mean they can't, you know, hire more women uh, or anything like that, but I understand what he's trying to say is like, there's just more men on the roster. So we have more, more time uh, to put men on the roster. Yeah. I think we're all, I think we're both making like all valid points about this. Like, and I, and I think like, that's the thing, like the, the QT comment though. It, yeah. It's like, it's hard to say how, how I am trying to respond to that. Like it's a, it's one of those things where like, if, if there is, you know, what do you say, 50 women compared to like a hundred and something men? I use like, I use nice like, round numbers. I'm not yeah. gonna try to be like there's 130 yeah, men right. and there's well, it doesn't really matter. I, I guess like 150 men to 50 women or whatever. Like that 
if that's true, that's still AEW like deciding that that's like the ratio that they're going with. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? That's like it's all it's all tied together at the end of the day. Like, it is it is one of those things where it's like, well, we've only got fifty women, so we're gonna just put them on TV less. It's like, well, no, you you've decided to put them on TV less, so you only have fifty women. It's kind of the other way around. You know what I mean? Um, that said, you know, you I think you brought up very very good points that I think everybody really needs to take to heart and really remember, especially right now. We got a lot of women's wrestling coming up on AEW and you know, those tournaments they're I think they're going to really mean something. Like they're going to be prestigious tournaments that people are going to get heavily invested in. So whoever wins these things or they're going to be, I think it's going to, I think it's going to put a big spotlight on the women's division. And so I think some of the concerns that people have, I think are going to be kind of alleviated uh, through over the next like couple months when they do the, these tournaments and stuff. And I hope so. And I do agree with that because we're going to have, technically you had sort of three women segments last night. You had Thunder's promo, you had the the own qualifying match, and you had Cargill's segment. You even had the Marina Shafir video package as well. So they're kind of focusing on three different things between the world title, the TBS title, and, and the tournament, which is great. I think people just want to see more women's matches and not just like, hey, here's a couple promo segments and a match. Uh, and, and I completely understand that argument. Uh, some people have said, you know, you can just kind of cut time for stuff, cut two minutes off. Uh, Hale says, cut two minutes off the, the Jericho appreciation side to beat down minute from Danielson Moxley in the main event, the championship celebration and give it to, to one more women's fight. You can certainly do something like that. They've done the Serena deep challenge and then another match before. So, and Serena's matches are, are usually pretty short because it's a five minute challenge and she's beating up some enhancement talent. So you can get women on television in a variety of ways. They do plenty of men's matches where it's like, yeah, we kind of know the winner. We'll let them have a competitive match. But I mean, I think last night out every match outside of the main event, it's like, all right, it's pretty obvious who's winning this match, but here we go. Here's a competitive match. You can have the women go out there and just have a competitive five, six minute match and establish maybe a new women's character or, or a new path for, for one of the women. One, you got to pick who you want to put that investment in. And then two, you actually have to, to do it. And I, I'll go back to Ruby as an example of she was on fire coming in. It's like, oh, it's the big get for AEW. And now it doesn't, she doesn't have a destination. Her destination really is unknown because we haven't seen her on television. Um, hopefully they'll improve. With that, I do think they have made good strides. I'm not going to say it is perfect by by any means. And if they're bringing in more talent, great. It, but bringing in more talent doesn't mean they're going to use all of this talent. And that is where they, they have to kind of walk that fine line. Like, if you're going to bring in this talent, great. Make sure you use them. Make sure you establish them. And it's not just, all right, cool, we got the pop for two months and now we brought in this other new talent. And so this talent goes to the back burner. Or we just forget about the talent. We originally had well and let's also be fair a lot of this is a complete double-edged sword where no one's going to be happy because the other side of the the coin here is all the people that complain about so-and-so not getting signed you know what i mean like every everyone hey why aren't they signing this person why aren't they signing then they sign them and they're like well now there's it's too cluttered and now it's not going to make any now you got to do it it's like you just can't win you know what i mean like if tony storm wouldn't have got signed to AEW, people would be complaining that she wasn't signed to AEW. Yeah, you know, I mean, there there is certainly where people are going to complain. Regardless, I completely, I sympathize with with AEW and any wrestling company in, in that regard of like, okay, well, 
you're mad that they didn't sign and then you're mad that they did sign, but they're not being used properly. Like I, I get it. It's tough. It's tough to balance. Some people you're just not going to, you're not going to make happy regardless. And there's nothing you can do about those people. You want to make happy the people who are invested and who do want to support your, your product. And you know, that's what they, they still have a little bit of work to do when it comes to the women's division. But I do want to acknowledge that they've certainly made a bunch of big steps over the past year, year and a half compared to where it is now compared to where it was year, year and a half ago, big difference. And I hope they continue to take these steps and I hope they just continue to do things the, the right way with this stuff. And I could complain about this with the men too, to be honest with you is I know top flight are wrestling the young bucks uh, on, on Friday. I've not read the spoilers, my guess is the Young Bucks win this match because they're setting up for this FTR match and they're just not going to lose the top flight. Uh, Dante Martin looked like he was just going to be like one of their their guys. And then he was on television. And this is a name Arn Anderson mentioned. Uh, he was on television, had these great matches, got, got the victory over Hobbs. Then he lost to Hobbs. And then he's just been off television. Darius returns, which is great. Uh, got the big pop in the Battle Royal. They were one of the last teams there, which is great. And then they've sort of been off television since then. Now they're going to wrestle the Bucks. Should be a great match. Probably going to lose that match. What happens to top flight after that is people are sort of invested in Dante Martin after his, his singles run here. You can't just completely remove him off of television. This was my, my whole thing with Scorpio and my whole thing with the rankings is like, I understand Scorpio undefeated for a year or whatever. He had zero singles victories on Rampage and Dynamite. He picked up like a handicap win and some tag wins. They lost the match at, at full gear, the, the Minneapolis street fight or whatever it was. Like they lost that match. Um, but those were his victory. He didn't have any singles wins. It's like, I don't care that he's been, he hasn't been beaten in a year or whatever. If he's just been beating people on dark, give me a reason to care about these guys on your two main shows that most people are watching. And I get it. You're beating low-level people on dark. That's great. Like, it's a nice little tool to, like, pad records and whatnot. I would imagine that most fans, I mean, most fans are just happy that Scorpio won, just like I was happy that Scorpio won. But, again, give the people who are not just going to be like, oh, cool, Scorpio won. Give the people who want to invest in this stuff a better reason to invest than, hey, you won a bunch of matches that you probably never watched on dark and dark elevation. Yeah, I think that's all totally fair. You know, you know, and that's a whole other conversation in itself, but I, it but I, but I apologize but I was, for going away from Tony well, Stone. No, but no, it's to okay. me, they it work is. hand in hand. Of th- there's problems on both sides with the men and the women. I don't want Tony Storm to come in, get the get to get the pop for two months, and then all right, here's somebody new to replace her. We're just gonna forget about Tony Storm. Yeah, I totally get that, and and I and I do agree with you. By the way, about what you're saying about like when you're beating a bunch of lower talent on B and C shows, it really shouldn't count as much as like winning on dynamite against like a top tier, more, more established opponent. Like I, I completely agree with that. That's just kind of a, another, we'll, we'll talk for the next hour about that. If, if we want to get in, if we want to go deep into that topic, but, um, but I agree with you on that as well. So. Uh, Kate going back to triple H said, tried to bury punk plus, uh, so he's the worst. Love you both. Thanks, Kate. He did see that's yeah. That is, that's why I can't fully get behind uh, Triple H on, on some of this stuff. Um, my AEW spotlight this week: Wardlow. Wardlow's the guy. Uh, MJF 
booted him from the roster last week. This week, Wardlow just showed up, kicked the shit out of some security guards, powerbombed that dude on the table, and the table did not break. That looked like it sucked. That really looked like it sucked. Like a concrete like, like block or something? Like, I think yeah. didn't budge at all. It did. Yeah, it didn't give it all. I was like, oh, man. Oh, that, that looked horrible. The only thing that looked worse than that was Jeff Hardy killing Mark Quinn with that swanton. Um, but rough night for a couple of people. Um, World though, massive reaction when he came out, got taken away by security, didn't get his hands on, on MJF or anything, but man, the way they're going to do this Wardlow storyline, the way I assume they're going to do this Wardlow storyline. Anyway, this guy, like he, he truly is the guy for them. And I like the way they're setting it up. I, I like that, you know, he didn't touch MJF last night. I didn't think he would when he was coming through the crowd and everything. But the main thing I like is that they're still keeping him on television through this. It would have been very easy for them to just be like, all right, Wardlow's off. He's off for the week. Like, he's still going to show up on television. I would imagine they're still going to find a way to get this guy on TV uh, throughout this. I do think it'll be okay if he lays out for a week and it's just, hey, Wardlow's not here. MJF can reference him in a promo or whatever. But I like that they're still keeping him right there visible for you, and you, you're not just going to forget about this guy. Yeah, and he's just out there just kicking everyone's ass except for MJF. You know, like like he's just beating up everybody, but he can't get to MJF. And I think they're going to build that for a, a minute on AEW TV. Like it'll be weeks, if not months. I mean, probably months of like him really. I mean, up until uh, uh, the end of May, probably. Um, he probably won't get his hands on him. So, yeah, I, I like, I like, I love MJF's promos about, I mean, they're so just, like, he's such a good heel. Like, you know, I, I get, I get, you know, sometimes it's a little, you know, it's a little too much. I get it. But, like, I, I respect what he's doing out there. So, like, I, I, I think that uh, this is only going to get, like, more, because when, when we found out Wardlow was, in it, was like, turning, like, when we knew for sure, okay, now it's happening. It could have gone one of two ways. Either the interest was going to dip heading into their match eventually, or it was going to just keep, the anticipation is going to keep rising. And I think the way that they seed, uh, planted the seeds so far with this is like the anticipation is just going to build and build and build. And Wardlow is going to beat up all these security guards and all anyone that MJF throws at him. And he'll get so close to, to getting physical on MJF multiple times but just won't get there and then when he finally gets his hands on him people are gonna be going nuts for it how how are you booking this jensen are you playing this out until double or nothing and then they have the big match at double or nothing and if so like how do you get there because that's still just under two months away there's a lot of tv time between now and then they're obviously not going to keep wardlow off tv that entire time so how do you eventually get to this match with mjf that I'm not sure about, nor do I really, really want to like spend a whole lot of time fantasy booking because I think it'll just be good. I like I trust that Tony Khan and the people that are putting this together are gonna make it, it's gonna be something I'm gonna I'm gonna like because that's the track record speaks for itself uh, for you know AEW in my opinion. But you know, once again, as long as it's something where they I, I to answer your initial question, yeah, I think they do wait until double or nothing to do the match. Um he might get his hands on him, maybe like the last dynamite heading into the show or something, maybe something like that. Just like a tease of something, but I'm cool with them just having, they, they got to figure a way of making it where like, 
like I want to see Wardlow out there competing, but he has this thing where he's not an AEW wrestler and he's, you know, contracted MJF. So they have to work around that somehow. And like, I mean, at the end of the day, Wardlow's going to get an AEW contract. He's going to wrestle MJF. He's probably going to beat MJF and they're going to try to push him as like a main event level star, like a homegrown main event level star for them. So like, I shouldn't even put this in quotes. Like he's like legitimately homegrown. <laughs> his, his indie run wasn't very long. So I'm so, so it, it's, you know, but how would you, like, do you have something in mind? Like how you would want to well, see this all play out? I have something in mind of what I don't want to see. And okay. I, I think that they'll probably use elements of this anyway. I feel like with, with MJF, the, the foundation is there of let's just throw tasks in front of people. You know, we had like the labors of Jericho. Even with CM Punk, it was, hey, you're going to have to beat Spears. You're going to have to wrestle FTR in some type of match. You're going to have to beat uh, Wardlow. Like, I don't need that with Wardlow. I do think he should kill Sean Spears at some point. Uh, like, that's just a thing that, that has to happen. Uh, JJ mentions, mentions that yeah. as well. Like, that's got to happen. But I don't need, like, MJF just throwing tasks at Wardlow. And it's like, oh, okay, you've completed all your tasks. Now you can finally face me. Like, that's what we've seen. That's the blueprint for MJF feuds, uh, at least the two, his two big recent ones. Um, so I don't, I don't want to see that. I do think we're going to get elements of that, though, because it does align sort of where they're going with this or what they've done with this, with MJF booting him off the roster and everything. He's got to kill Spears. There's the, there's the FTR stuff. I don't think he'll, he'll face FTR. I think FTR more or less baby faces at this point. And I don't think FTR is going to see like an issue with Wardlow because they, they're already kind of turning and doubting MJF right now. So I think if MJF tries to be like, Hey, you're going to face FTR. FTR is going to be like, fuck that. Like we don't have any issue with this guy. Like he's your problem. So you deal with that. But I do think there will just be kind of task laid in front of Wardlow to earn a match, to, to earn a contract, whatever it might be. I would like to see mystery Tony Khan jump in and be like, all right, you know what? Like, we're going to get Wardlow his AEW contract here. Not the MJF contract. We're going to get him an AEW contract. Um, and then however he gets that, he gets that. Again, maybe it's just Tony Khan being like, hey, we've signed Wardlow to, to a thing. Uh, but I do think we'll probably get elements of here's a task to get to the MJF match. It's going to be a long stretch because, again, it's just under two months away. So they got a lot of time to fill with it. MJF's great at that with the promos and, and telling the story. And everything you can keep, you can keep Wardlow off of TV uh, with this storyline, and still keep him relevant with MJF just doing promos and everything. Uh, but I do think we'll get, we'll just kind of get a task list for MJF, and I hope they vary it up enough to where it's not just a repeat of sort of. There were definitely more layers to, especially to see a punk feud than just hey, we're going to throw this guy in your way but there was that element of that right and then the jericho thing it was literally you got to do all this shit to earn a match with me yeah now personally i i, I like that stuff a lot which i think you did as well like the like the the tasks of jericho oh yeah and don't get me wrong like these were great stories and everything i i thought it was great i just want them to vary it up a little bit right no and i i, I get what you're saying and i think that um what makes this different is a lot of the stuff that you just brought up as well like the uh you have the underlying stories of like FTR and, and um, the pinnacle disbanding kind of like right in front of MJF's eyes. Like he, like he's the only one who still thinks the pinnacle is a thing. 
like it's clear that that's how this is yeah. all being presented is like he's the only one that's like still holding on to this at all um now does that mean he forms a new group does that mean that wardlow and ftr are gonna like they're gonna stay together and maybe like you know Bret hart's gonna come in as their manager and they'll have this whole new stable or something or there's a lot of directions they can go with this so I think they might incorporate some sort of task. Like you said, I think at some point before MJF and Wardlow, we will see Wardlow destroy Sean Spears. Like, like it'll be probably just a match where he just, just Sean doesn't get anything in. He just destroys the dude. Um, so, but I don't know. I think we're all on the same page though, where it's kind of like, as long as they don't screw up Wardlow somehow between now and, and the pay-per-view, you know, that's really all we want at the end of the day is like Wardlow's already, the fans already want Wardlow to, to get his hands on MJF. We just have to kill a couple months before they actually wrestle each other. So just as long as, as long as it's even somewhat decent in between now and then, and the match I think will definitely deliver, um, you know, Wardlow has shown that he's, he's got a lot of potential and MJF I consider to be one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. So like, I, I, I think that the match is going to be great. So yeah, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we we've been waiting like three years for this. Th- think about when Wardlow. Remember when he started in AEW and they were running those vignettes? It was like him being like a like a vigilante or something, like just beating up like like criminals in the street or whatever yeah. it was. Like, I mean, we've come a long way since that, right? So See, it's like that, we need we need more of that elements. I need Wardlow going into MJF's house and just breaking all of his shit. And everything, just you know, getting on his couch and putting his feet up on his couch and everything. Maybe that'd be cool. up his couch. That's what we need. Yeah, they can do what he did to all those security guards, just like in like a cinematic style, like <laughs> him just beating up a bunch of unnamed henchmen, a bunch of putty patrol type guys uh, from like the Power Rangers, like a bunch of uh, uh, nin- uh, was the Ninja Turtles, uh, Foot Clan, a bunch of those kind of guys. Yeah. Because Wardlow, I mean, theoretically, he should know MJF better than anyone, right? Like he spent all of this time with him as, as his bodyguard, as his right man, right hand man. Like he should be able to play some sort of mind games with him. And MJF is just thinking, here's this big dumb goof who's gonna just I protected you. I'm the reason you have everything, uh, type of deal. So there's certainly an element or a story to tell here that isn't just hey, you need to beat this guy to earn a match with me type thing. And, and that's why I don't want that, because I do think there's a lot more at play than, than something like that. I think you can actually tell a more compelling and layered story than something like that because of the history and the underlying stuff that we either we saw on television and we could kind of piece together ourselves or what we didn't see on television and you could just sort of make believe and, and put together as part of the story because of the history they have together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's uh that would be interesting if they if they deep dove a little bit more on the stuff we didn't see. I like that idea a lot. Like Wardlow like referencing situations that they had that like weren't televised, where like he had to do yeah. stuff for MJF and be like, Remember when you made me do this, like and that, and like I'm getting I'm I'm destroying you for all these things. The fans don't even know about you. Like, exactly. Yeah, like, like film, film vignettes on this stuff if you need to. Aram is some type of exclusive. I don't know, but like, j- just do something like that. But there's just there's more of what you could do than just beat this guy, get a match with me. Just, yeah, I think 
I, I'm very interested to see where it goes. I think it could be, I mean, MJF is already coming off arguably the, the best AEW story in history with, with CM Punk. I think he has another chance to tell another top end uh, story with, with, with Wardlow. So, that's coming off of that dark that, that thing with Darby too. I mean, like he's he's hitting big oh, he time in all of his feuds. Like, yeah. so he's great. I, I I've said it before. Some of the stuff I don't like, totally like what he says because I think he's better than a lot of the low hanging fruit stuff. But he does that stuff well, and then when he actually does swing above that, he does that stuff really well. So and Jeff is great. That's why he's gonna make a boatload of money in in twenty twenty four. Oh yeah. Uh, well, to the other spotlight, Jensen, yours is uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Jonah. You're just really excited for this match. You know, I, I marked out when I saw this was happening. I, I was I was watching Impact, you know, as I, as I always do before I uh, record the weekender, getting caught up on stuff. And I uh, I had avoided this. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I've read the spoilers on the weekender weeks ago, but like it didn't include, you know, video packages that aired during the show. So like right. I'm watching Impact and I see a video package for Tomohiro Ishii. And I'm like, wait a second here. What's what's going on here. And then I realized it's him and Jonah and like Jonah does a little promo also. And I was like, like this rules, like people need to be talking about this. Jonah's match with PCO at that last empire plus that show. Rules. <laughs> dude, Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Like this Jonah dude, I didn't get to see him a whole lot in NXT and what I had seen of him, like it seemed fairly generic. Like he seemed agile for a guy his size, but it was like, Nothing overly impressive, but I really it was NXT, right? For sure, exactly. But I, I always thought the top rope splash he did looked that 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 monsoon or whatever he calls it that tsunami. tsunami sorry, the the tsunami. Um, he he that that's impressive when you see him go off the top with all that size and weight and just crush people like, and the ring kind of shakes like I it's I I like what I've seen of Jonas since leaving the WWE. I've seen, I've liked it a lot. And uh, Ishii is one of my favorite wrestlers in the history of New Japan. Like, I love watching him do his thing. And they're going to beat the hell out of each other. And it's a match where, like, I kind of assume Jonah's going to win because, like, I think he's figured into, like, the plans for Impact, like, big time. But there's a lot of doubt still, too, because, like, Ishii's a, a bad dude. Like, that's a that's a tough out for anybody. And he's going to go strong style as hell on him. Like, it's going to be... So I just want to put that out there. I don't see anyone online really talking about this match, but like that's coming up at Impact Rebellion. So, you know, shout out to Ishii and Jonah. I think that's going to be an awesome match, dude. Because nobody talks about Impact outside of outside of JJ. See, JJ mm-hmm. says Impact is great. Talent coming in all over is good. I mean, Ishii's wrestling Eddie Edwards at Multiverse tomorrow night. Like, I think yeah. that's going to be a hell of a match. Ishii is just honestly one of the most underrated performers out there because nobody has them like nobody really has him in like your, your top five or your top 10 but you can't tell me you just don't want to sit down and watch like an Ishii match if it's on like that that dude he's he's in my wheelhouse of wrestlers of where he doesn't do these overly long matches he wrestles a style that i like which is just kick the shit out of the other guy uh type of thing um and he the way he just built looks uh his, his presence it's just great. Like that's just a dude where if there's an Ishii match on, I'm not gonna be like, oh, okay, it's an Ishii. Like I'm gonna be locked in. I'm gonna be tuned in to whatever he's doing. You're right about Jonah. It's like I didn't mind his NXT run. I watched pretty much all of it uh, as, as Bronson Reed. I, the match with Swerve was great. Matches with Gargano were very good. The, the match with Cole was very good as well. Like he's a good wrestler. Now he said it himself when he he got released by WWE. He's like the chains are kind of off. 
we can kind of do more of the stuff that he he is more highlight more of his strengths, not wrestle the WWE style. We all know what the, the WWE style is. And and when you're out of that, you don't have to do that anymore. The match of PCO was was fantastic. Uh Jonah's got a couple matches during WrestleMania weekend as well. I think he's on Bloodsport. Uh like he, he's got some matches during WrestleMania weekend that I'm sure are gonna be great as well. Then two, they're just gonna go in there. They're gonna beat the shit out of each other. Jonah is athletic. Ishii is probably more athletic than, than given credit for, even though he's a little bit older, but they're gonna have a really good match. And yeah, multiverse, uh JJ's talking about multiverse in the chat. Multiverse is legit one of my favorite cards uh, on the weekend. Like they got some really good matches on there. I mean, I, I mentioned it, like Ishii's uh taking on Eddie Edwards. Diana is gonna be on that show because she's not on she's on Supercard. We have we have the Ultimate X match. Um, I think Speedball is wrestling Shelly, Jay White's wrestling Sabin. I think both of those matches are on there. Like it's a multiverse is a nice little card here. I think it's gonna be a, a good show. It's just on it's on a very crowded Friday night. There's a lot going on tomorrow night, but multiverse is a is a really good show. Yeah, yeah, it, it's flying under the radar because of all the other stuff going on, but it is. Um, and Jonah is wrestling. He, he's he's the one fighting Josh Barnett at Bloodsport. There you go. So, I, I figured he was on the show, but yeah. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> so, that's the biggest match. I don't know if it's quite the biggest match because Moxie's taking on, taking on uh, Biff on that show, which rules. Um, uh, but, Suzuki you know, and Dickinson. Yeah, Bloodsport. We're yeah. going to talk about Bloodsport here in a second. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought that was your spotlight. I, I was about to like, like, just throw some stuff out there. That's right. We, we are going to talk about Bloodsport. But, um, but yeah, we're like... The other, the other thing I love about Ishii, I just want to throw it out, throw out there real quick, is I have never seen a wrestler with a more basic move set be as entertaining. <laughs> ever. Like, cause like it's mainly just like punches, kicks, elbows, like brain busters, suplex type stuff. I mean, he's really not doing any, he just looks super believable when he does it. Yeah. And he's so good at selling. That's underrated too. Like his selling is like top tier. So like, his it's one of those things where like if you just saw like his move set on like wb2k or something you'd be like looks kind of basic but when you see him when you see him do these moves it just it looks like it's a real fight happening in front of you so like um but yeah him and him and jonah that's i'm that's the match i'm looking forward to the most of rebellion i think too, if i'm being honest so which is which is fair i'm sure we'll talk more about rebellion in the, yeah. the coming weeks Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply draws closer since we're an impact uh show all of a sudden um we've been we've been really since we started <laughs> just popping jj with the, with the impact talk um my other spotlight is gonna go to new japan i don't really like we've talked a lot about new japan on this show because there hasn't been too much to talk about 
as we started. But the New Japan Cup just wrapped up. Zack Sabre Jr. won it, uh, second New Japan Cup. He'll face Okada at the at the, the next tour. Um, he beat Naito in the finals. And what I have to say about this is I think Zack Sabre Jr. should beat Okada. I think this is the gaijin you go with. And I understand he's he's uh, uh, British and, and is coming over from America. But like I think this is the guy you go with as like your your ace and not Will Ospreay. I'd much rather the company be carried from from non Japanese wrestler by Zack Saber Jr. than somebody like Will Ospreay. And I, I take nothing away from Will, Will Ospreay uh, at least as a wrestler. I think he's great. I think people still hold on to hey he's just kind of like a a spot monkey type of guy. He's way better than that. But Zack Saber Jr. again another guy that just wrestles the style of wrestling that I like a guy that he's gotten the opportunities in new Japan. He's done. He's had some great matches. They've given him some tag title runs and whatnot. I think this is a guy who could be one of their guys. I don't think they're going to do it, but I would, I would go full bore with Zach Sabre Jr. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not against that at all. Um, you know, he's been ready for a long time to be a top guy really everywhere. I mean, he was in the UK and like, he would have been in, well, not in the WWE, but like within the cruiserweight, like yeah. if he would have signed then like 205 live would have looked a bit different i think but either way he probably would have suffered the same fate as like anyone else who was in that tournament ultimately in that company unfortunately but that's beside the point it, it, you know when, when he beat will osprey in this tournament i think that was a big kind of uh uh kind of like aha moment for it was like oh he, he beat osprey okay and then he beat shingo it's like oh okay like this is like this is real now um and i could i could see him beating okada um i it's so hard to ever pick against okada because of like you know he's okada new japan is that's i mean that's like picking against roman reigns right now almost in the wwe like i mean for a different i mean very different reasons but like you know it's hard to pick against okada ever in new japan um but if they're gonna pull the trigger on anybody new i think zach saber jr is is as good a choice as anybody I love his ring style. I love how different he is. Um, even his body type and stuff. Like he doesn't look like a typical wrestler. He just he's different. And I, I like what he does a lot. So do you but do you think like if you made a prediction right now, like do you think Zach Saber Jr. does beat Okada for the title? I don't I don't think he'll beat Okada because they just they love Okada. They they always just fall back on Okada. And look, it's a great fallback plan. It's Kazuchika Okada. Um, but I think they have a chance to really make Zach here. And I kind of thought they were going to do it a few years ago when he won the new Japan cup and they didn't. And now I think they should do it this year because uh, yes, Okada, he, he's great, but like you can always go to Okada, try to make somebody here. Like they, they tried it with Osprey and maybe it would have worked if Osprey didn't get hurt. And then they, they took the title off of them. They tried it with evil that completely failed. Uh, Abushi was the same thing, but I think they took the title away from him a little too quickly. Uh, and then Shingo, like I thought Shingo worked out uh, for, for the most part with him. But him beating Osprey, Shingo, Naito, like he's beating outside of uh, Okada, he beat their top three guys, at least the perception of their top three guys. Go ahead and go full bore and just like fully make him. And if you're not going to fully make him, which I understand if they don't want to do it, don't just put him back in a tag team with Taichi. And I don't. I, I've actually come around a lot on Tai Chi, and I, I like the tag team with, with him and Zack Saber Jr. But he 
should not fall back into that tag team where their division is just not very good. Uh, and it's just the same three teams fighting. Like, just don't put it back in this tag team after you've had him beat some of your top stars and then challenge for your main title. I, I think he deserves better than that after this tournament. I totally agree. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't, I, I strongly prefer him as a singles guy to team with high chief, just like personally. Yeah. Um, and I, you, I, you mentioned it. Too. I, I didn't even mention it when I talked about Osprey and Shingo. But yeah, you're right. The finals was uh was him beating Naito, which is like that's just another like that's just huge. Like, um, wait, right? What that was it? Right? What was yeah, him and Naito? Yeah, Naito. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was making sure I was getting the order of all those right. I know it was I know it was those guys, but I was trying to remember what order it happened in. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and Naito is another one of those guys like they. I don't know if he ever even, I hate to say it, but I don't know if he, if he really, he's, he's kind of up there with like the Okada's Tanahashi's guys, but like, I just like a little bit below for me, for some reason, like his title runs never like his chase yeah. to the title was always like super that was interesting. Yeah. But then when he got the title, it wasn't Okada can win the title and then carry the title in like, it's just a different type of thing for whatever reason for me. Um, him and Tanahashi are kind of in, uh, both at that same level for me. Um, but Okada is kind of the Tanahashi. more current day. What's that? I was like, Tanahashi is the GOAT. I mean, he's yeah. old at this point, but exactly. Still, they should put, they should always put the title on Tanahashi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, and he's the kind of guy, like you said, he's literally like, he's such a made man there that like he could lose all year and then just randomly win the title and like no one would even question it. Just like, well, yeah. Tanahashi. Like, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's good good for Zack Saber Jr. I I would be completely fine with him beating Okada for for the heavyweight title. I, I'd have no problem with that at all. Do it, you coward, Gato. Put the title on Zack Saber Jr. All right, Gato, make a good choice since you've been making bad choices ever since that evil title victory. Andy Spotlight, Stephen Jensen. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, we've talked about it on and off, but Bloodsport, Bloodsport uh, is going to start in like forty minutes. Right now, it'll honestly be starting as we're wrapping up this show. Uh, my honestly, my favorite event during WrestleMania week. Like, there's a lot of cool like indie events and stuff, but like when Bloodsport and Matt Riddle did the first one, but Matt Riddle's Bloodsport was the was the first one, and it was just so different from from what you would usually see. And the fact that they gave Matt Riddle this his own little own little show here, and he decided, hey, let's do like kind of an MMA uh, wrestling hybrid type thing. And then once he signed with WWE, Josh Barnett took it over it's become like kind of the must-watch event for me and again my favorite one you get a lot of different people in it we, we speak to ninja mac who's in it and if you've seen ninja mac highlights and stuff you would not think wait ninja mac is, is doing bloodsport john morrison i believe is doing bloodsport you're not going to look at john morrison and be like wait a second he's he's doing this so they and then of course they get they get john moxley for these shows as well and moxley moxley always pops me because this is his this is extremely his shit He's just like, yeah, let's go out there and do like MMA style stuff and, and just punch each other in the face, kick each other in the face, like trade hold type of thing. And Moxley, you know, is just like, I don't give a fuck like what I'm doing on these shows. I'm going to do this show like no matter what. I'm pretty sure he only left WWE just so I, I think he said as much. Uh, and I don't know if he's joking or not, but he's like, yeah, I left because I just want to do shit like Bloodsport. Uh, like, but I love, I love this event. And I can't wait for, for the show here in, in like 40 minutes. Yeah, same here. I'll I'll be watching it uh over on the True Heel Heat 
um, platforms. If y'all want to watch it with me, uh, we're going to be on there. Hopefully Jeremy can join if he's got a little free time, but I know he's a very busy guy right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be watching that uh, right right after the show wraps up. I'm going to jump on there. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, I, I I love this because it's it's such a different type of show, like with the whole UWFI style rules and and like there are companies like Paradigm Pro that do that stuff year round, and I always look forward to it because it really can highlight, uh, like on a for Paradigm Pro, for instance, it really highlights guys like Dominic Carini, but then it also shows a different side of someone like Calvin Tankman. Like they, you know, it, it's it's really cool to 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 watch the different style of fighting, wrestling, uh, work shoot, whatever you want to call this stuff. Um, I think the lineup they put together for this show is great. Like this should be awesome like I, I i can't look at one match on this card where i'm like i i expect it not to be good um and even like ninja mac and yo-yo like you said but i think ninja mac will bring something different to the table too like you know like i think he'll incorporate something we hadn't seen before at once right like you know so so yeah no I, i'm totally with you I, I look forward to this every year and as a fan of mixed martial arts like i i really like seeing these kind of things when they're done the right way in the right environment and stuff like that like this is much different than seeing Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez in Saudi Arabia, like doing a work shoot style fight. Like this is, has a totally different vibe about it. Um, it feels like you're watching almost like an underground fight club type thing, but, but not like raw underground. Raw underground was basically trying to do what Bloodsport did. It felt like, except Very like horribly. Yeah. Just really, really cheesy with way too many camera cuts and um, you know, <laughs> Don't even get me started on Raw Underground. <laughs> well, well, well. The thing, the thing with Bloodsport is, uh, one when it was first done by Riddle, obviously former UFC fighter. Barnett took it over, former UFC fighter. Like these guys and, and Pride Fighter and like just veteran legend in, in, in MMA. Like these guys are not just going to be in there and be like, "Hey, let's just do something like Raw Underground where it looks very fake and corny and choreographed and cheesy." Like they're not going to essentially spit on like the sport that they grew up at. I mean, Riddle doesn't even like UFC by the time he was doing blood sport. Like he was always burying Dana and talking about like his time in the UFC. And hey, I don't think Barnett like even cares for like Dana and UFC, but they respect MMA and they come from that background. And so they don't want to just be making this cheesy thing that pro wrestlers are just going to like shit all over. Like they, they have respect and integrity uh, for, for the, for the sport of MMA and that's why they're trying to keep it as close to that style as possible. Obviously there is pro wrestling mixed in, but they're, they're just not going to shit all over MMA and wrestling by, by doing it. So like, these are the two guys and I imagine Barnett's going to do it for as long as he wants. I don't think he's going to be anytime soon. Uh, but like, I would imagine that it's going to continue down this path as long as Barnett has it. Cause I've listened to plenty of Josh Barnett interviews where he talks about like, hey, there's a selection process to this we're not just going to let anybody kind of do it and i think the fact that people might be skeptical of like a ninja mac or, or john morrison the fact that they're part of this should let you know that like they're going to honor the traditional blood sport like style maybe they add a new twist to it and if they do it's not going to just be like oh well that looked really dumb and fake this has no place on what i've come to love from blood sport yeah yeah, for sure. Like, and, and Barnett taking it over for Riddle, like, it's so perfect for not only the, their MMA background and, and, like, their love for wrestling and everything. I mean, like, Josh Barnett, you know, trained by Carl Gotch and, like, learned catch wrestling before he yeah. became a, an MMA fighter. And, like, that's 
this basically what Bloodsport is for the most part is at least the way that I perceive it. It's basically a showcase of like just catch wrestling with like MMA elements to it. But that kind of is what catch wrestling is like. So it, it's, it's, it's a really, it's just a really cool, like pure style of like what would almost like a, a simulated competition, like a, a true competition. Uh, you're not going to see, I mean, there won't even be ropes. You know, you're not going to see people running the ropes back and forth. You're not going to be seeing people power bombed into brick walls and shit. We've seen that on Bloodsport <laughs> before. Yes. Like they're coming out to fight and this is, it's a different vibe. It's a different feeling. It's very, I almost called it raw. It's not raw in the sense of what you'd watch on Monday nights, but it's, it's a very raw product in the sense right. of the actual. It's not something to be raw. Yeah, yes. It's, it's raw um, in terms of the product. And then like the card, I mean, just some of the stuff we were talking about, like Minoru Suzuki and Chris Dickinson, John Moxley, Biff Busick, Marshall Samovich, Janai Kai, uh, Ninja Makioya, Alex Coughlin Slade, Josh Barnett, Jonah, Simon Grimm, who y'all might remember as Simon Gosh uh, from the Vaudevillains, Virg John Hennigan, uh, John Morrison, J.R. Kratos versus Timothy Thatcher, Zeta Zhang versus uh, Marina Shafir, Speedball versus Yamora, and Bad Dude Tito versus Royce Isaac. So, like, I mean, these are all matches that all make sense in this setting also. The only one that stands out really is, like, the Ninja Mac Yoya match. But Yoya has has been on this on this platform before, and he's done these types of matches um, Ninja Mac's going to be the real question mark, but like based on our conversation that we had with him, I think he's going to be fully prepared for this. So, yeah, and and you'll learn more about Ninja Mac and that he's not just if you've only seen like highlights and gifts and stuff, he's not just this flippy guy. Like he has an actual like background in a bloodsport uh, style. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? In in, a, in the bloodsport in in a um. Some martial arts, like he yeah, has like real martial, martial arts. Art. Yeah, 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 and an art, I guess, <laughs> is the word I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll learn that about him in, in our interview. So yeah, I think he will fit in when it comes to to bloodsport. I can't worry. I Moxley and Biff might be like one of the best matches all weekend. Honestly, it really might be. But Moxley's involved in another big match this weekend. Also tonight, actually, bless shot Moxley just does Jay Lethal on national television. I'm pretty sure it's tonight. Spring Break Wait, Part One's tonight. It's I thought it was tomorrow night after Ring of Honor, isn't it? We know no, is that's, it tonight? That's part two. Yeah, Part Two. I'm tomorrow. getting all my days screwed up because of these damn sched- <laughs> the damn scheduling. So that's tonight at like I, tonight I, show starts I, at nine. Tonight show starts nine, at nine, and then it's a, like like one in the morning or whatever. Yeah, the yes. next, and that screws me up too because like technically that's Saturday, but it's like Friday going into Saturday. That's yeah. why this I get all screwed up with this stuff. The spring yeah. break stuff, because they always run into, like, midnight. And so it's like, wait a second, is this Friday, Saturday, s- Sunday? Like, Yeah, it does It does get kind of messed up. But, yeah, uh, Moxley and AJ Gray is tonight at 9. So, as I was saying, Moxley just wrestles on national television last night, going to do Bloodsport here in a half hour, and then he's going to go face AJ Gray uh, a few hours after that. So the man's a lunatic, bless him. But John Moxley, AJ Gray, this is your indie spotlight for the week. Yes, I just got so much more pumped up because I always had this mindset all day that that was tomorrow because because today, you know, I had this. I've got the watch along for Bloodsport. I got the Twitch tonight. I've got me and Jesse are doing a thing tomorrow. I got Ring of Honor tomorrow. I got there's so much going on right now. Um, But yeah, John Moxley and AJ Gray, man, I am pumped up for this. Going into this little background, we had, you know, 
AJ Gray won the uh, the brass ring at Hammerstein, and he got to choose his championship opponent, like uh, for any of the titles, and he got to choose his his name and place, basically a money in the bank type scenario. He called this shot ahead of time, and he chose John Moxley at Spring Break. Um, AJ Gray is also the GCW Extreme Champion, and he has not lost since winning that title within GCW. Now, something that's worth keeping in mind, he has lost a few of his independent titles recently and like various promotions like West coast pro and Southern underground pro. So I think this is all lining up for AJ Gray winning the GCW championship and beating John Moxley. And I think he's the right guy to do it uh, for a lot of reasons. Like, uh, you know, he's a former GCW champion, but that title run lasted minutes. Like he beat Nick Gage for the title and RSP beat him for the title literally right after. And People have wanted to see him be the champion for years now, and he's totally he's totally like earned it within GCW, and he's super over. I think he has the best entrance in wrestling with Waka Flocka Flame. Oh, let's do it! Like I, I you should have seen me at, in Atlanta. I was man, I was having a good time. So, but that all said, like in Moxley, we've talked about this on the show before. The last few champions, Nick Gage and John Moxley, they they haven't been on every GCW show as regular. And we talked about it last week and you brought up the point. I think it's a very, very good point to bring up this. It would be AJ gray as a champion. That will be at probably every GCW show as champion. So um, I think it's AJ gray's time. Uh, Rich homie juice, black death. Uh, the mother effing truth, whatever you want to call him. Um, I, I think tonight's his night. Uh, and, and he wins the GCW title. It certainly feels that way. It certainly feels like AJ Gray is going to win tonight. There is a part of me that just believes that they might do, they might have Moxley win tonight and set up something for tomorrow night. I know tomorrow night is supposed to mainly be the cluster, uh, but I do think there's a couple other matches for for part two. There's part of me that just believes that Moxley's going to win tonight, and maybe it is Nick Gage. Nick Gage comes out at the end and confronts him, and you do Moxley and Gage too. Maybe it's uh, Janela comes out because Janela's facing Waltman tonight. Uh, maybe Janela beats Waltman and Janela comes out and he's like, "I am GCW. Like I'm gonna, you know, I'm back here now. Done with AEW. Like you sold out. You're at AEW. Whatever it might be. And then you do Janela and Moxley tomorrow night." Um, so that, that is in the back of my mind that that might happen. I don't know how much Moxley, like he's able to do Bloodsport. He's able to do Janela's show tonight. Is he going to be able to do a, a third show? Probably. He's John Moxley. I don't think Tony Khan is saying that much about this shit. Um, but maybe maybe Tony Khan is like, no, you're only limited to two. That's it. Uh, and, and, you know, we don't want you running on a show where we ROH is running a show. Who knows? how Tony Khan is thinking about it. even though they're not even running at the same time. I'm pretty sure ROH will be over by the time the spring break starts. Regardless, there is that part of me that believes that Moxley wins tonight, confronts, gets something set up for night two. If I had to pick, I would say AJ Gray wins tonight, wins the title, and GCW moves on to, to a new era where the champion is, um, where, where the champion is present for every single show. But don't be surprised if Moxley wins and they set something up, whether it be night two or whether they build to something and, and Moxley comes back for shows in the future. Cause I'm pretty sure Moxley like still enjoys doing GCW. 
and everything. So as long as he's allowed to do it, he's probably going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it just makes the most sense, I think, for AJ. Because if not AJ, then, like, who? I think Atticus Kogar was someone that was kind of getting lined up, but he's not even in the company now, apparently. Um, and but and another person that'd be really interesting would be Wheeler Yuta against John Moxley because you have the overlapping story with AEW and him trying to get in the the combat club and like if Yuta wrestled Moxley and GCW that'd be pretty nuts. I don't think Yuta would beat him necessarily, but like there's a lot of people that can make for interesting matches for uh, for Moxley um, still in GCW for sure. But at the end of the day, I gotta go. I gotta go AJ Gray to win the title and. Uh, I think SGC is going to have a pretty big night. I, I don't know if him, I don't think him and, uh, I don't think Manson uh, and Matthew Justice are going to win their, the titles. I don't think the tag in the triple threat tag title match, but uh, like, I think Ali catch uh, could very well beat uh, Mickey James. That'd be he sure. Her. Yeah. She Especially should. after losing a Ruby at Hammerstein. Yeah. Like you got to, you can't set this precedent of like Ali catch is our top female star, but everybody that comes in from a bigger company just beats it. Like you just can't do that. You did that with Ruby, and I get it. And, and you know, Lauderdale is like trying to defend it of like, you know, we're not booking and he says the same thing with spring break. Is like spring break Hammerstein, we're booking for a more a broader audience than just our GCW audience. Like, okay, I get that, but like you can't just set this precedent of like these big shows, your GCW people, especially somebody like Ali Catch, who is your top female star, just loses these matches. So I do think Ali Cash should beat Mickey James. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and yeah, that'd just be huge for me for uh for Ali Cash. Like I uh, and who's who's Effie wrestling? Does he not have a singles match on the show? He's facing Suzuki at one of these shows. That might be a big gay brunch, but he's facing Suzuki on one of not these. Big gay brunch, he's wrestling uh Escalarta, I think. But who is Effie wrestling at Spring Break? No, Dickinson's wrestling. Um, he's in the match with uh, Cardona. Dickinson's wrestling Cardona. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking up the Spring Break night night two because Effie isn't on night one. Let me find night two real quick. Okay. I don't recall. He, he's wrestling Suzuki at some point this weekend, though. I, I legitimately think it is Spring Break, honestly. It, it must be. It would have to be. Um. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, you're right. It is Effie and Suzuki on on uh, night two. Okay, cool, good deal. Yeah, that's gonna be sick. And that man, if Effie beat him, especially like that would be that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, and he very well could. I, I, even though, like, I mean, Suzuki when he came into GCW last, and he and he beat Nick Gage, and that was like Nick Gage at like the peak of his popularity. I don't know, but Effie needs some big wins right now, in my opinion. So. Right, guys, we are going to head to our interview with uh, Ninja Mac, and you'll be, you can see him in just a little while on Bloodsport. You can see him all over this weekend. He has he has matches lined up against uh, he's facing AR Fox, I believe, at, at uh, the World on Bucha. So so that's a big match for him. He's facing Matt Cross. Actually, I think that that event got canceled. Maybe um, he, was, he was supposed to face Matt Cross at, at a certain event because uh, the reality of wrestling events got canceled. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think he that that was where he was facing Matt Cross. Uh, but he's facing Yo-Yo uh, at Bloodsport. Um, he's supposed to be on the, the ROH show tomorrow night as well. Doesn't have an opponent. Uh, he'll talk about that. He'll talk about going traveling to Noah um, here at, at the, in April. Um, 
and he'll talk about again his, his weekend. So that's we're gonna throw it over to uh to Ninja Mac. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the creator spotlight, the interview portion of the spotlight. Myself and Jeremy Lambert here. This is Stephen Jensen, of course, and we have a special guest today. He goes by many aliases, many names. Some may know him as Ninja Mac. Some may know him as Ninja Fuck Mac. Some may know him as Ninja Kamikaze Mac. Sometimes he's got a mask, sometimes he doesn't. And he is one of the most exciting wrestlers on the independent scene. One of my favorite wrestlers in all of Game Changer Wrestling. We have Ninja Mac. How you doing, man? What's going on, y'all? Y'all doing good? How y'all doing, Fightful? How's everything going? Y'all want to make a bet today? <laughs> oh, what, yeah. Yeah, so what are we betting? Let's do this. Hey, well, I mean, we got big bets. We got we got Collective this weekend with WrestleMania weekend. You got so many shows going on this weekend. I mean, you got so many people on the spotlight. You got megastars, stars coming up. And y'all, y'all got lots of bets y'all can make everywhere. So we're, we're going to make lots of bets on this. <laughs> we're we're gonna bet on all your matches at the at the collective and through wrestling. Hey, let, let, let's get a let's get a number, get some over and unders on my matches going on. <laughs> see if we get some inside information or something. Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get banned like some of these receivers at the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Ninja, why don't we start off with that? Tell tell the people listening right now what do you have coming up at the collective? This is a humongous weekend for wrestling. Yeah, man. Just I mean, with that many people going to WrestleMania and all the indie shows coming up. You know, they, they capitalize on the market that's going to be there. So it's good, good eyes trying to get new audiences, especially with all the, with everyone in COVID and being online, there's going to be so many eyes just online too that's going to be there. Um, I mean, it, it's such a week. And I think at the moment I have nine matches confirmed. Uh, I do, I can't release everything just because I haven't announced all the matches. Uh, I got a potential 13 and that's nothing with Saturday yet. So just kind of r- rubbing off them. Um, Rubbing off Thursday, Josh Barnett Bloodsport, 3 p.m. I'll be there, Yoya. I heard you talking shit online. Don't think I don't read those messages. I've been watching them. Just bring your mouthpiece. Bring your mouthpiece, Yoya. Uh, let's see. Thursday, Joey Spring Break's going to happen. That show's going to be humongous. You don't want to miss any of the spring breaks. Um, let's go into Friday. Um, early show 11, you know, they got tons. I, I don't want to say the wrong show. I don't, I'm not on the 11, but I will be there. I just don't remember the name off the top of my head. Three o'clock's happening for collective seven o'clock Ninja Max going to be at ring of honor. That's going to be my debut for ring of honor. Uh, and they're keeping me very mysterious because they have not told me any kind of opponent, which I don't mind. I'm going to take on anyone you put, but you know, I, I do like those big old ring of honor names. So. But we'll see what happens. But that's a seven, and uh, I'm a little kamikaze, if y'all don't know. I booked myself for AR Fox with Lucha for GCW, so I got Ring of Honor at seven. I got Gringo's The World on Lucha at 7.30. So in my eyes, I'm hoping I'm not double booking at the same time, but we're going to just make it work. (laughs) And then after that, I got Spring Break at midnight with Joey Janela. So you can always, uh, always bet on GCW. These shows are going to be wild. Always bet on Ring of Honor. Uh, always bet on Ninja Mac. But, I mean, just Thursday and Friday alone, I'm, I'm going to be running through seven matches announced. So it's about to be a very, very wild weekend. You were, you were part of uh, WrestleMania weekend last year, and it was a little bit calmer uh, last year because there was still – covid and everything and so the wrestlemania attendance was like half and i know the not every company in the world is running like they're running this year like to be part of this weekend what are you expecting compared to last year 
Well, with last year, uh, you know, uh, just a little brief history of Ninja. I, uh, I was wrestling, um, you know, fam family happened. I had a child. So I ended up taking about two and a half years off of wrestling. And it, it was a great decision. One, you get to rest your body. Two, just being a dad, I always recommend. I mean, I'm not saying everyone should go have kids, but I love being a dad. I love my kid. And he's such a blessing and a great time. Everyone should have kids if, if you're good enough to handle them. But, you know, um, when COVID hit and all the gyms were kind of shut down and I, I needed to go back to training, I can't just sit still. I ended up starting to train. We started local wrestling in Houston, Texas. I did about three, four months of local wrestling. And I got a call from AAA. I got a call from Pro Wrestling Nova. And I got a call from GCW about two days after I had a match at Dragon Bane in March. Now, going forward, um, with, uh, with Noah and AAA reaching out, being international at the time, the travel restrictions were, were very hard. So my travel plans with them got pushed back. But with GCW making contact, um, I, I, I just took the bet on myself. They, um, they, they only offered me, hey, come do the first match, Jimmy Lloyd's D-Generation F show, Scramble Fuckfest. And to me, I've never been in a scramble, or let alone a fuck fest. And I was like, man, you know what? Let's go. And uh, I end up getting my own ticket to Tampa. I, I literally end up sleeping under the ring, in the ring that weekend for two of the three nights to make this happen, just, you know, cut costs efficiently. And last year was my debut for GCW at the Collective. And I end up doing four matches for them, but I ended up doing like eight matches at the collective last year on the spot, only booked for that one. So the last year in Tampa being the first GCW collective I did, and I know everyone was coming out of the, the COVID era is very light, but you give me one whole year after running with GCW, I, I have very big plans this week to make sure I make very big statements at the collective. Yeah, I remember last year too. Like you, you really broke out last year. Like everyone was talking about, you know, you were doing stuff no one, no one had seen. I mean, you're doing like six thirty Phoenix splashes and doing like not just like Sasuke specials, but adding like multiple extra flips into it. I mean, it was mind blowing stuff. And and what's it mean for you to do uh, WrestleMania weekend, the the collective, and all that this year in Texas? Because I'm, I I've seen a lot of your work in like the Houston area, and like you're really really well known like in that region of wrestling. Yeah, so when, when I started, um, I, I used to do a, a lot of circus jobs. So I was definitely a circus athlete right before I got into pro wrestling. Uh, on my last circus tour, uh, there was a wrestler. And growing up, um, I mean, I did a lot of the flips at the open gyms. But I did amateur wrestling my whole life. My whole family's an amateur wrestling family. I'm the oldest of seven. All my brothers and sisters went to college on wrestling scholarships. I just did my first year of college and. I was very uninterested. So I ended up actually getting over to Vegas, doing a tryout, getting into the circus. And then that last circus tour, meeting that guy that was a professional wrestler, um, he, he recommended seeing we, we would shoot wrestle at the hotels to kill time. Uh, he recommended what all the flips I could do and the kind of shoot style wrestling I could already do. Go find a wrestling school and go give it a try. And I flew home, and just lucky enough, I'm from Houston, Texas. Uh, I don't know if y'all know, there's a very, very big star who has a great wrestling school in Houston, yeah, Texas. I, I'm five-time champion, but, About five-time <laughs> champion. Yeah, five-time. 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 
Five time. Five time. That man, I love Booker T. That guy is that guy changed me so much when I first get him and you get to you get to see the presence of a WWE superstar, how they walk in, how the eyes turn to them. And even on the first day, seeing his presence, and I was like, you know what? Just to to get that and have those eyes on you walking in is something special. And with the circus, I was um you part of acts, you get eight to ten people in an act. In wrestling, um, maybe it's selfish of me, but I like the attention. I like when it's one-on-one or one, or three people in a ring rather than 10 people on a show. So I want the eyes on me. I want the attention. So meeting Booker, I just started training. I never went back and did one circus job since the day I met Booker. What's the, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten from Booker T? Um, the Man, there's so much. It's hard to just pick one. So you know, every everything he 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 preaches, like it, it doesn't click at first right away. You know, when you're you're in, you're very excited. You want to get all your moves in. You want to learn stuff real fast. Um, to to quote book, I would say the the best thing I learned is um, find your Romeo and Juliet, find your Shakespeare moment. Everyone at a big level is going to be athletic enough. Everyone's going to be able to do all the big moves. What's going to help you stand out and capture these eyes? Because especially when you get into these high levels and the way athletes are now, everyone can do drop kicks. Everyone can do the 450s. Everyone can do the big moves, the big spots. Everyone's very, very good at what we do now. So what are the little things? What's your Romeo and Juliet? What's helping you stand out? Your Shakespeare, the moment. So uh, I, I keep that in mind, always thinking of Booker, just especially as quick and lucha I am, I slow down, and then it's you see it. You see, whoa, yeah. And those little things I didn't understand the first year, and he would repeat it, and he would repeat it. He's constant with it. And stepping away from wrestling and taking that break and coming back and being able to see what people are doing, it really clicked for me and understand. And so um, I don't know if I found my Romeo and Juliet, but I might have found my Ninja and Juliet. So (laughs) what's it been like having uh, maybe like some camaraderie or like other people kind of coming up along with you from that scene? Like, you know, we've seen a lot of success from Roxy recently getting a WWE contract. Um, You got Mysterious Q, you got Brian Keith, um, you got other guys like... Sorry, go ahead, Ninja. I'm saying that's that's just a testament to Booker. All of them went yeah. through Booker T School Reality Wrestling. He's he's so good at what he does, and I'm not saying he just does handouts because he if you're there and you're putting in the work, he will give you the time. His phone's open. Uh, now, obviously, you ain't trying to blow Booker up at night because you know you <laughs> suck and might slap you, but it's. <laughs> he'll give you your time. If you're giving him time in the ring, he sees you're putting in time, you're actually performing in matches, he will give you the time and always be there. So just to see BK get out, Mysterious Q, Ryan Davidson, even Roxy coming up, and she was just at books for a short time, just to be around. She's such a good talent. I mean, that was the last Ring of Honor Women's Champion at such a young age. And you know what? She got scooped up by WWE. So that, that shows you that Man, if you're in Texas or if you need a wrestling school, get down to Booker T's Reality Wrestling in Houston, Texas. I want to talk about Bloodsport because it's one of my favorite shows during WrestleMania weekend. And I think when people see you, they see the gifts and everything. They see the the aerial moves. And you're part of the uh, Aero Lucha show as well, or Gringo uh, Loco show. 
Yep. And, and like, so doing Bloodsport, you mentioned your, your shoot background. Like, why did you decide to, to do Bloodsport on top of everything else? Like, what drew you to do it, to do that show as well? You know, um, so being at the collective last year, um, I, being an amateur wrestler growing up and then doing the circus jobs, I was already really athletic. Um, and the whole time doing circus jobs, I've always been, you know, growing up Power Rangers, martial arts, Bruce Lee, Three Little Ninjas. Like I, Those were the movies I was into, Ninja Turtles. So I was already doing martial arts with my, with my amateur wrestling. So at this point, you know, in the circus and I'm, I travel six months, I get two months off. I'm rolling around in jujitsu on my time off. I'm doing Muay Thai, I'm doing kickboxing, I'm doing some amateur wrestling. And I, you know, my, my brothers that got out of amateur wrestling rolled right into MMA. So with them going to training at MMA, I'm, I'm sparring with them. You know, I'm getting my ass whooped. My brother's about 40 pounds heavier than me. But it's been my whole life in wrestling. But you know, you train and I, I fought, I got two and oh in some amateur league. Uh, I haven't done one professional fight, but, you know, playing around with amateur, I mean, I was able to fight, get around. And I think um, taking what I do and the way I do things now, I think able to do blood sport is going to be like a preview to what I can show, what I'm going to pull off with Noah. I think um, I think people have gotten very spoiled with me at GCW and you see the crazy high flips and the high crazy spots. But you got to remember that is GCW. We're very extreme, very game changing, and we want to we want to test waters. We want to see. It. But if you ever oh, you see me at local wrestling, you see me in a Ricky Reyes match, you didn't see crazy ninja flips. We we had a good wrestling match, clean, very easy, hard hitting. So I I play very multiple styles. Um, I don't want to just be known as a good aerial artist, which, like I said, I, I think I've proven that a little bit, and I hope I have. But I also want to I also want to show that there's more than just flips and spots for me. Well, you also have a nasty rear naked choke. I mean, we've seen you end quite a few matches with that RNC, like mo most notably uh, this past weekend, taking on Joey Janela, you know, heading into the collective, which I think a lot of people were surprised about with, with Joey having that big match with X-Pac. And then like you get this big submission one. I've also seen you transition. I, I, I love uh, when you do like, uh, you'll like fake out your finisher off the top and then like it, it'll, it'll lure your opponent into like a, a sense of security and then you'll roll them right into a rear naked choke. So like you do have some submission skills that you've showed off in the past as well. Yeah. You know, um, I said, I know, I know a lot of submissions in jiu-jitsu and which shows it's, um, it's presentation, but in the air, I'm, I'm very comfortable in the air. And I know it looks very fast when I'm doing the crazy flips, but if I see you roll out the way, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me for me just to eat shit on the floor when I can stop myself and see you roll in the air. Why wouldn't I stop? I, I can see everything. I know people are like, oh, dude, you're doing all this in the air. But that, to me, it's not like that. I can jump in the air and in that 630, I can probably count every single person in that front row in the air. I can see the person in the ring. So if I, if I can see you moving and I'm in midair, I just I don't see a point to sit there and take the pointless beating to where I can stop myself. So, you know, it's capitalizing on opportunities you create. Yeah. You, you mentioned you mentioned pro wrestling Noah and you've got Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf at the end of April. By the way, Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, Ninja Mac, is this not the coolest like name triple threat in, in the history of wrestling? Uh, hey, how did, it, how did it, this how did this appearance come about? 
you know, um, so like, like I said, with, with local wrestling, um, shout out to Jaime and Pedro that kind of like got me back into wrestling. Um, with Dragon Bane coming in, we do uh, local wrestling has a very ECW triple A feel. Uh, and it's a very, very tight group of us, and we pull in very big names. So when we were pulling in these big names, and I was doing two good matches for them, and they're like, hey, let, let, let's give you a good name. And they're like, Dragon Bane, I didn't even hear the guy before. But I got to see some couple clips and some videos, and the, the Luchador, he's phenomenal. We go out there, and we have a killer match. And I say, Noah, I, think, I believe, I don't want to misquote this, he was working for Noah in 2019 already. So when we had that match and wrestling with unicorns posted their clips and those clips went up for over a hundred thousand views, Noah got attention to that. And when Noah got attention to that and they saw that one of their own wrestlers taken on a ninja, well, it, it called and they, they called me 45 minutes after the match <clears throat> in the locker room. So when, when they reached out, um, it, was, it was a very big opportunity for me to take. And then for him to be able to take that opportunity to go meet me back in Noah, I've wrestled Bane in the United States. I've wrestled Dragon Bane in Mexico now. And now April 29th, I'm going to get a chance to wrestle him in Japan. So me and him, have already, we're already going worldwide with our matches. So we, we got some big things coming. And then I haven't got a chance to wrestle his brother yet. So to put us in a three-way, this might be the most epic three-way pro wrestling Noah's ever had. Yeah, speaking of all this, like, how excited are you to, like, start going international? Because I know it's, like, it was in the plans for a while, and obviously the pandemic and stuff halted that. But, like, I know, like, I remember your announcement that you were heading to Pro Wrestling Noah, uh, like, a handful of months ago. And, like, people on the internet were going nuts. They're like, dude, Ninja Mac and Noah, this is going to be insane. So, like, how excited are you that, like, you, now you are able to go out there and, and do stuff internationally? Oh, I'm very excited. I think um, <laughs> growing up, I watched a lot of AAA in Texas, and then there was a – what really helped me, because Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan was not the only company that called. They were one of four companies, and they did not offer the most money. They did not offer the most bookings. But me growing up as a wrestler and watching Pro Wrestling Noah, I knew their history. I knew what I liked, and I've, I've watched them, and it, it meant a little more for me to take a little less money, take a little less bookings, get over to Noah because it's something I watched. And when I came back to wrestling, I made a checklist. And my checklist was to wrestle for AAA and to go wrestle for Noah within two years of coming back. And for them to call me six months back into wrestling and AAA to call me, and I'm like, man, this checklist is happening. Bam, check. Bam, check. And then you got to cross out Noah because it got pushed back finally to be able to check this off and make it happen is, is such a relief but it's so uh very exciting i'm so excited they have such a good talent over there uh, it's a whole it's a whole new world literally a whole new world i can experience everyone over there i've never wrestled that's another 30 to 40 to 50 new wrestlers and my goal is to get as good as i can right now and i'm only going to do that by wrestling better wrestlers and new wrestlers to get better experience you mentioned uh, other companies. Can you tell us who they are? And if not, uh, any plans to still be open to, to wrestling for those companies in Japan? Um, I cannot. I would love to, but I can't mention them. Um, and I do appreciate them reaching out because with Noah, it was I was negotiating between three companies at the time, 
and it, it was a very heavy decision. And I appreciate every company that reached out and wanted to do business because I'm always about business. Uh, but to my understanding, too, now that I've I've chosen Noah, I have closed some doors on some other shows. So it was very uh, pick one and let's ride, which I'm fine with. I've made my decision. Um, I do appreciate those other companies. So if y'all are listening, I really do think y'all made some big bets and I do appreciate it. And maybe one day in the future, if things open up like we are in the Indies and the States and we do mesh over there, because Noah did just do some New Japan work. So they did kind of mesh and test the waters. And to my understanding, Noah might be doing a little work with Dragon Gate. I don't want to put anything out there. I just, I I see some things I want to, you never know. Maybe I do some cross promotion work if they're allowing it. But just as I said, I'm going to ride it out with Noah. I've chosen Noah. Uh, I'm now Noah Ninja. That's going to be my hashtag going forward to get some representation <laughs> for Noah there. So, Hell yeah. Um, you, you mentioned the circus a couple times. And um, it is kind of a two-part question. Uh, first part being, were you wrestling and then went into the circus and then went back to wrestling? And then the second question would be, what did you do in the circus? Like, what was your actual, like, like uh like stunts and roll while you were in the circus no so i i went to college in my first semester of college i was very unhappy you know i used to be in the gym six hours a day training and then you go to college and now you're free you just got to go to class you don't have a set schedule anymore so now that i'm going to class and i'm free i'm not going to training as much so i was very unhappy my first semester so i end up going to the circus no pro wrestling at all I was just out of amateur wrestling, out of out of the gyms, go to the circus, do six years of the circus, on and off. But while I'm in the circus, I mean, all my time's off. I come home and I train. Like I said, I was training jiu-jitsu, martial arts. Uh, I, like I said, I was training my brothers in amateur wrestling in high school. So I went circus from 19 to 25. At 25, when I came back, I cut that off and I went straight into pro wrestling since. For about three and a half years of pro wrestling, I took about a two and a half year to three year break, and then I, I've been back this last year. So it was it was circus pro wrestling. There was never like a mixture of them. I've, I've kept them pretty separate. Now talking about some of the acts in the circus, um, that was a I would say that's almost a big reason why I left because I got to do a lot of the flips on the trampoline. I got to do a lot of trapeze. I was swinging on the roofs. But when you're doing these acts, you need eight. 10 20 people to do a show like that it's not just one person so when i'm doing my acts if you're in a group you're not making as much money as if you're doing a solo act i mean just numbers wise since there's eight people doing one act for 15 minutes compared to one person doing an act for 15 minutes you're not going to get paid as much and like i told you earlier it might, it might just be me and myself i might be just selfish but i want the attention i want eyes on me i want everyone to look at me uh, so i end up I said, with pro wrestling, I got the chance to get eyes on me with one-on-one circus. I did trapeze. I did, I said, the trampolines. I've done fire spinning uh, in the Osho Island, fire spinning with the bow staff. I used to light the ground on fire. Um, I do handstand acts, you know, handstand balancing acts. I could, um, I, I was, I was never really a, a really six foot tall big guy to be the bottom base. So I was always the very top guy doing all the handstand positions, but I do have a very wide frame. So I got to learn how to do both. I got to be the base. I got to be actually the person on top. And I've, I've tried some stuff. We're doing like three-way handstand acts, which was wild. But I mean, I, I've, there's so many countless acts. I'd have to go back. 
I could probably say I've done, I've been in between eight to 10 different acts with the circus, all with different skill sets. And I've not, I've not brought any of that to pro wrestling yet. I've been, I've been holding off a little bit just to kind of let this year buzz and have some more stuff going in the future for sure. Uh, you were announced for Ring of Honor on March four, March first, and like literally the next day, Tony Khan announces he he's bought Ring of Honor. You're still yeah, on the show. <laughs> yeah, you're you're still on the show. Have you talked to talked to Tony about like what what's happening about anything? Nope. I um I know they announced him March first, but um the people I was in contact with was about I want to say about two weeks before that when they reached out, um because they reached out and they wanted a. The one, you know, they want to do business, they want to hear numbers, they want to make sure you're available. But at the time, they gave me a, a list of some opponents. I was like, yeah, all of them are great, please. That one you, you start off with, phenomenal. I would love it. The other two, even like, great, I'll take them. And then I get announced. And when they announced me, I thought I was going to get announced with my match, and that's how I was going to find out. But when they announced me, it doesn't happen. And the next day, Tony Khan buys the Ring of Honor. I'm like, oh, this is um, this is interesting. This is new. That's something I thought they would have brought up. You know, that's another company buying another company booking me. Um, but yeah, I have no contact. Never, never talked to Tony Khan before. Um, I've, I had AEW reach out to me. I want to say June of last year for AEW Dark match, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. But at the time, I wasn't able to do AEW Dark, so I had to, had to tell them no. So. You know, going forward, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. But right now, I just I'm I'm winging it. Um, I'm hoping someone shows up for a good opponent. If not, I'll go out there and I'll go ten minutes entertaining by myself in front of a crowd with a mic. It's not a problem to me. So give me opponent. Don't give me an opponent. It, it won't matter. I'm gonna go out there no matter what for ten to fifteen minutes and entertain. Um, as I said during the intro, um. You know, sometimes you got a match, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're ninja fuck match, sometimes you're ninja kamikaze match. Sometimes you start the match with a mass and you might get unmasked during the what what is um kind of, is it is it like a conscious thing or is it like a feeling? Like how do you decide kind of what version of yourself you're gonna put out there? I know some of it, of course, has to do with like the crowd. Little kids might not want to, you know, you might not be ninja fuck mac in front of a group of little kids, but um, outside of that, like in GCW, even you, you seem to mix it up a lot. So kind of where does, uh, where does that come from? So when I, um, when I, when I came back and I was trying to, you know, you're trying to figure out what you're doing. I knew I was going to do that, that ninja route. When I came back with local wrestling, the, I wore the black mask, uh, not my traditional one I have now. I wore an all black mask. It was very, it was very, it, it stood out because you couldn't see anything. It was literally just a black mask. It looked like you were just looking into a black hole um my idea was because i wrestled in texas with so many luchadors and i told you loca has that triple a ecw kind of baby vibe i would um it started off when i would wrestle luchadors i would walk out with the mask and i would take it off you know they're, they're luchadors i got a little respect for luchadors i'm not going to wear a mask while they're wearing a mask but also when i was wrestling the american wrestlers because I did so much lucha, and I understood that when they wear a mask and it means something, it's an intimidating presence. It gave them confidence. I would keep the mask on in my match against Americans, just to you know maybe throw them off. And that it, it started like that. It was mask on for Americans, mask off for luchadors. And I, I kind of that's why you saw me without a mask going into GCW. I would just wear the mask on, and I would take it off at matches especially one-on-ones, it was a little hard to breathe. It wasn't very good performing mask. 
So um, a big, I'll say with Dante Leon, we had that match for JCW that kind of went viral. Uh, I have that mask off, but knowing I'm gonna about to do 25 minutes, I'm not trying to restrict myself from breathing. I'm going to give Dante my best and try to take that win. So, you know, it is, it is a design. There's a market design behind it. But now, um, I don't know if y'all know, I do professional gambling. That's the whole want to make a bet, bet that. Um, I've merged my gambling and my ninja together. That's where the combination of all this is. So when, when you see ninja now, it's evolved to where it's not mask on, mask off anymore. I've evolved into the red, black, like a roulette table. You got red and black on roulette. Y'all know the third color on roulette? Green? No. Green. Oh, okay. I was right. Yeah. No, no one ever bets green. No one ever bets zero or double zeros. Never yeah. comes. Um, so when I got my red and my black gear, I got a green gear. I've never shown it. I'm the only one that has ever seen my green gear. I made sure I got that in Noah colors too. So no, watch out. You never know when that's popping up. But I have not even shown my kid that green gear. I have not even shown my lady that green gear. That thing is hidden just because no one ever bid zeros. I just wanted to have it and I'll, I'll have the right time to pull it off. I want to talk more about professional gambling now. How, how does, how do you get into professional gambling and what is the, like, what is your area of expertise or your go-to game? Well, you know, um, I, growing up, I, I got to play a lot of Texas Hold'em. You watch World Series of Poker Tour online and the websites and Growing up, I was just, I always like to go hang out with my friends and play Texas Hold'em. And then now that I've I get into casinos and I'm playing with big dogs on high roller tables, it's a little different. You learn, but I did I say that tables? I, I go sit blackjack. Really, all my merch money, Atlantic City. I'm either quadrupling it at the casinos or I'm losing it all. So like GCW is a it's a double edged sword for me. I got I might say I have a gambling problem. I might I might be calling that one eight hundred I need help hotline or something. <laughs> But um, dude, I just I've always I've always enjoyed gambling. I've always been very good with numbers. Um, and I'm not saying I'm a card counter because you can't do that because it's illegal. But because I'm so good with numbers, you know, blackjack came very easy to me. Um, and then also just with being in the circus and being an entertainer and a pro wrestler already, you have good eyes to read people. And since I can already read people in the way they kind of fidget their hands or their body motions. I, I got a good read when someone's bluffing, when someone's actually has something. And, you know, um, a lot of people say gambling, um, it's risky, but if you're calculated and you're controlled, it's it's just like a job to me. I can go out there and do eight hours on a, a poker table, make $400 a day, just sit in there and making sure I'm making the right decisions. Also, with the gambling, I don't know if y'all noticed, but I gamble in my matches. I, I take big gambles in my matches. That's that kamikaze theme to where I'm I'm taking long shots. I'm pulling off anything I can. I'm trying to make uh, I'm trying to do anything I can to make it work. Also, if you see me at a merch table at one of these shows, I make bets. You want Ninja Mac merch and you want to make a bet with me? No problem. I gamble anything. You know what? You want half off on my shirt? Coin flip. Call it in there. Bam, bam. You got it wrong? I want double. You got it right? Half off. I'm I'm willing to make bets, and I think it's also uh, it's also good for fan interaction for my merch table. Cause I got little tricks. I do coin flips. I do hey, let's play paper scissors rock. Or if you ever come to one of my loco shows, my merch table is my blackjack table, and I'm the dealer at my merch table. And if you want to buy Ninja Mac merch, play a blackjack hand with me. 
And so that's awesome. I'm not sure you heard about that. I have some friends in the Houston area that have met you and they, they, they've told me about this kind of stuff. So yeah, really, really interesting, really cool. How you've merged the, the gambling and the ninja and all into kind of one really cool package. Um, somebody that you mentioned a minute ago is Dante Leone. And you know, y'all, y'all wrestle each other a lot, whether it be singles or like scramble matches, tag team matches, um, kind of let the people here at Fightful who might not know so much about Dante know a little bit about him because the two of y'all seem to be kind of uh, kind of joined at the hip to a degree. But like your your matches are always incredible. Yeah, we had a we had a killer match on Friday, and uh, I I, un, I unfortunately got a loss in Texas on Dante again. Um, you know, I, I had him, I literally had him on the floor, and I slipped up with a little bit of laziness and talking some shit to a kid, and he rolled me up and got the win on Friday. So. Uh, I um uh, we we are joined at the hip. We both came into the collective. Um, so with local wrestling, I know he's out of Dallas. I met Dante that January, and we had a match that January, and that's what popped wrestling with unicorns that match, and it popped us, and that's what got me match match with Dragon Bane. But that match with Dante Leon, if that match doesn't happen, I probably don't get the match with Dragon Bane. I probably don't get called by GCW. We probably both don't go to the collective. When we get called and we show up at the collective, you know, hey, these guys just made it work. They just they came in. These Texas two Texas boys came in. They stood out. You know what? Let's give them a chance at JCW. Let's bring them up. We go to JCW. We're gonna be semi-main. You know what? Cool, beautiful. Joey comes up to us as match six is ending and goes, "Look, guys, we're gonna put the pressure on you. We're gonna switch it. Y'all gonna be main event, double the time. Pull it the fuck off. Show me what you can do." And me, me and Dante look at each other. Each, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make it happen. We go out there. We have that killer JCW match. And, and since then, it's um, you know, like you said, we're joined by the hips. It's just some people you have that magic chemistry with. I mean, I'm I never met the guy until January when we had that first match and it clicked. We had that next match at the Collective, clicked. We had that main event at JCW, it clicked. Now, um, a lot of people say we're very close friends. It's, I don't know about friends. I would say more rivalry because I still want to whoop his ass every time I see him. But, you know, I've, I've had the chance to tag with him now, take on some very big-level opponents like the Briscoes, get a Jordan Oliver and a Nick Wayne, some two young and uprising stars come in there that try to take us on. And I think with the uh, with the amount of respect we have for each other and our rivalry, we put some shit to the side to make these tag matches work. But you know what? We're still going to go out there and hit each other really hard in singles. So I think it's a... It's, it's 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 a good best friend rivalry relationship coming into the world. And I think a lot of people are going to end up watching that for many years to come. Uh, my last one for you here is what is the coolest thing in your room? I'm sorry. I heard coolest thing. Coolest thing in your room. Coolest like thing in, the in my room? room. Yeah. In the room you're in right now. Like what's the coolest Man, thing? Oh, you want to see which swords, which bow staffs, what nunchucks, what world titles, what kind of belts you, you want to see. Staff. I thought you had a bow <laughs> <laughs> So earlier I told you I did a lot of, uh, with my circus, I do a lot of fire spinning. So this was actually the bow staff I would use in my circus shows to light on fire, spin around on fire, light the stage on fire. So that's, that's the pretty one that's very pretty professional. And that's the one I get to light on fire that they don't let me use yet because they don't like their buildings to end up on fire and matches. <laughs> but it's going to happen one day. You can bet that. Then, uh, let's see what I'm saying. Give me a fancy one, you know, a really expensive one. I kind of invest in myself. 
oh. little Bruce Lee nunchucks, made a nice little marble. Yeah, but um, you know, just just between uh, me and Fightful in the spotlight, when Ninja Matt gets ready to do death matches, you ain't gonna see no light tubes. <laughs> Fuck that. You're gonna oh. see cords. You're gonna see throwing stars. You're gonna see nunchucks. I ain't doing no light tube. You bring your light tubes. I'm bringing my sword. Good luck. We'll Dude, find I, out how far you go. I, 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 I've seen you throw uh, throwing stars at people before. As a matter of fact, I know you've used those in matches before. You know, I, only only GCW. You can only do that at GCW. Throw some throwing stars at people. But hey, you know, uh, going over to Japan, I've, I've heard they're a little more willing to try some stuff, and some people want to take it. So you, you never know what's going to happen. Bet that. That I mean, that's the that's the argument, right? Is like, oh, it's a no DQ match. Why doesn't he bring the sword to the ring? Why doesn't he bring the knife to the ring and just stab the person? It's like, oh, we're not going to do that. You fuck that. You're bringing the sword. You're bringing the, oh, the ninja stars. Oh yeah, I'm bringing swords. I'm bringing ninja stars. I'm bringing forty kunai knives. Bring your fucking light tube. Bring your doors. I I learned what GCW does. I've been there the last year, and I did this every time they asked. No, I ain't doing death matches until y'all prove me to bring my fucking swords and I can light them on fire. Uh, fight me with your light tube. I'm bringing a sword. I'm bringing fucking nunchucks. And if you don't allow that, sorry. Like, yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you mentioned, um, you know, of course, Booker T being a big influence and, uh, you know, obviously your background in the circus and all the athletic stuff that you can do. Who are some people like as you're kind of forming your style or even maybe that have nothing to do with your 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 personal style but who are people that you like as a wrestler like as a fan of this and like kind of forming your own art out of this like who are some people you look up to that you, you kind of uh, follow as a fan mm. you know um uh, I, i'm very uh very caught up on history I, I keep up with a lot of less kellett i love some catch wrestling um 1980s right there uh, man, if you're talking favorites and very influenced, I mean, the, I mean, Chris Benoit has got to be number one, and Eddie Guerrero, that that whole group right there, Chris, Eddie, and Ray. If I really, if I really felt like I was the baby of someone, it'd be Chris Benoit, Ray Mysterio, and Eddie Guerrero. Like those three, it just I feel like that's just merged into me. Um, with like I said, with Booker T training me, man, that was that was very good. But he's also um, he's a very different style than what I do. Uh, someone related to my style uh, to, I would say, just going forward. There's a, a, a big reason I chose Pro Wrestling No was Daniel Bryan. Um, I mean, just watching him do it, seeing what he went through and what he was able to capitalize and what he showed. Uh, I mean, I, I remember those matches, and that's that was a big influence to me. And um, Daniel Bryan's got to be one. Um, Loki. Loki's a very big influence to me. Loki's been a very big help to Ninja Mac this year. He's a he doesn't take a lot of people arms open, and I think um, I think when he saw me and when I uh, I'm not one to sit and wait to go meet someone. I go straight up to the person, shake their hand, introduce myself, and um, we just we clicked when I met him. And not everyone clicks with Loki, and he's he's been very arms open, phones always open anytime I've messaged, uh, and not to say, we did have a match. But he's always been able to guide me in the questions I needed this last year, especially with man, it, it, it's been wild going over here, going over there. And I just I needed to have someone that's been there, been at that level to just answer a couple questions. So Loki this year helped a lot, you know, Daniel Bryan related to Noah. And then if I'm to relate my style and me as kind of watching some wrestling, man, 
Yeah, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Ray Mysterio. If they had a baby, I think that'd be Ninja Mac. Jensen, let's let's make a bet on Ninja Mac's opponent for for ROH. Okay. Hey, wait, we wait. got some odds going. I'm, I, they, I think uh, Kevin Gill might have started a little online thing for me. You know, putting out some bets on. Uh, I don't know if it was Twitter, but he, he was trying to take some odds on who my opponent was going to be because I haven't said anything. So we were trying to get some gambling going online. I can tell Jensen's like looking up. Uh, I'm looking up Kevin. the current card because I want to make sure. Because I was going to say maybe like a Swerve or an Alex Zane, but they're wrestling each other. Yeah, they're wrestling yeah. each other. Yeah. Hey, that, that card for Ring of Honor, if y'all have not seen it, Ring of Honor is bringing some fire for that show. Every single match is could be main event on every show. Ring of Tony, if, he, if he's booking that, because like I said, I haven't been in touch with anyone. So if Tony's actually the one booking everything, that man is bringing so much fire to that show because every single one of those matches are main event level matches. Jensen, who who are you taking? Because I have my pick. I got a couple picks, but I'll I, I've got a main one that I, I'm feeling sort of confident about. See, it's it's hard because we don't know who's going to be there. There's so many options, especially now with like the AEW everybody's potential. That's what I yeah. I, I, was, I did um. I would say I did request when I took this match. I did request uh, an alumni of Ring of Honor for my match. Okay. Someone that was influenced. Now this was before the purchase, so I don't know if that's reasonable. But on my request, I didn't just want to have a random match. I wanted to have a match with someone related in the history of Ring of Honor. So if they go through with that, I think it will be someone that was related to Ring of Honor previously. I don't think it'd be anyone unrelated to Ring of Honor. Now, I don't know what his current status is, but a dream match for me, if we're going somebody that has some history in Ring of Honor, would be you versus Amazing Red. Oh, that was a that was the that was the first name that was thrown out when they <laughs> offered. And um, to my understanding, he's a he, he's slowed down on taking some booking. He's very selectful with his bookings, which he has the right to do. I mean, the guy's great. He's been around forever. And if he ever wanted to have a match with Ninja Mac, with all uh, with all respect, man, that's something I would look forward to, Mr. Mason Red. If not, like I said, um, maybe one day in the future for something else. But I do I do want one way day to actually uh, meet Amazing Red and just kind of see. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing some red right now, man. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was a name that was thrown out there, and man, I, I fought for that name. I was like, please, what do we got? If I got to take less money and he gets more money to come in, we'll make it happen. But like I said, I have not been in touch with anyone. So my my alumni pick um, was Christopher Daniels. That that is who I'm gonna throw out there. And you mentioned Loki, and like I think that would be dope as well. That was a um, Loki was the name I made a pitch for. Besides Amazing Red. I just, you know, if Amazing Red couldn't come through, uh, I would like to run it back with Loki. Uh, he did get the best of me at Loki in Houston, and that was a couple months ago. i say I've grown in the last four months tremendously. So I think uh, to take another shot at Key would have been great. But, hey, anyone that's been related to Ring of Honor, it's going to be an honor to wrestle. Like, the everyone, if they were on that show, man, they're such a high-level performer that – it's not going to matter who they give me. It's it's going to be a great match. We're going to do some great things. My my non Ring of Honor pick was Dante Martin. Just throw you guys out there and let you go. Nice. That, that would have been a very good match. Yeah. If, if I'm going non uh, non Ring of Honor alum, I'd like to see you and Ray Phoenix. Yeah. I've, I've so with all the luchas, I, I've known a lot of those lucha guys kind of through the Texas scene when I was coming up for a long time. I've known. Phoenix has known me. I've known those guys on and off. And 
fortunately, uh, I've been uh, I've been hidden from all the big stars in my matches, which was good for me because now that I'm kind of getting a trend, I can go back and really get to these matches now that I've kind of grown my name. So like I said, that that's a match. Pence is a match that I'm looking forward to. I've known I saw those guys in AAA. So th- those guys are the best in the world at what they do, and to ever be in the ring with them is such such greatness. I get just overexcited, but I still want to go hit them, you know. And then just, uh, <laughs> or you, you and uh, Vikingo would be insane in Japan or not Mexico, by the way. Yeah, like, be- man, I I I did a the AAA booking. I did. Um, I got Vikingo in a six man match. It was like a. It was a scramble kind of formula, and I only got to work with the guy for 30 seconds, and he was so good. And to to give me and Vikingo 15 minutes of ring, I think we would break the internet. Yeah, I really think the internet might just shut me down. So you know, if, if that ever happens, like big bet that 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 might be an all-in bet for sure, all-in. Ninja Mac, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, let the people know where they can find you besides everywhere at the Collective and and WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, you can find me Collective WrestleMania this weekend. Everything, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, everything's Ninja Mac. Comment, like, subscribe. I'm pretty active online. I'll get back to you. And if you haven't done so, go to fightful.com. Go subscribe to the Spotlight. Hook them up. That's how we make our living, guys. Like, comment, share them. Let's get all of us going. So you can always bet that, and I will see you at the Collective. Thank you. Thank you again for your time today. We'll be right back here on the Spotlight. I got you. Okay, there we go. We're right back here on the spotlight. We're back. We appreciate Ninja Mac joining us. He's, he's literally fighting right now. Yeah, I'm watching his <laughs> match. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up so so we can enjoy Ninja Mac taking on Yoya. Uh, bless him. He did that entire interview with that mask on, and I know that that could not not have been easy. <laughs> well, remember he he unmasked after we were done. It's he did because he unmasked in this in this match as well. But he unmasked when we were done, and his face was like red, and you could tell he'd been sweating. And I'm like, damn, yeah, you that that gotta be uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you saw this, Jensen. Like while we were on the air, uh, Ninja Mac again. Uh, at Supercard, he's going to be taking on Tully Blanchard's new client. That is what they are. That's what they're they're booking. They're billing for his match. Interesting. So whoever Tully Blanchard's new client is, that is who will be facing Ninja Mac uh, at Supercard tomorrow night. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, guys. We appreciate we appreciate everybody hanging out with us uh, on the spotlight here. We'll be back next week. Recapping some WrestleMania, recapping everything that uh, kind of went down at WrestleMania weekend, the stuff we the stuff we liked or, or maybe didn't like, um, and, and whatever AEW has in store as well. Guys, go over to Fightful Overbooked, subscribe over there. No Day After Dynamite, Will is in Dallas, so no Day After Dynamite going on right now, but we got plenty of stuff over over at Fightful Overbooked. Jensen, let them know where you're at. Yes. So right after this, going over to True Heel Heat, watching the rest of Bloodsport. Um Later tonight at around uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, myself and Joel Pearl just got the confirmation from Joel as well. We will be doing Mario Kart on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Um, so we'll be playing Mario Kart uh, pretty much pretty close until maybe a half hour or so before uh, spring break starts. So come over, come on over there. If you have a Nintendo Switch, game with us. If you don't, just hang out in the chat. We'll talk about wrestling and stuff. And uh, uh, tomorrow night, uh, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, the review. I'll be doing that right after the show. So uh, join us, youtube.com slash Fightful. 
And I think that's pretty much everything. As far as the Weekender, that'll probably get recorded on Monday or Tuesday this week because of all the shows that are still happening on Sunday and stuff. And WrestleMania being on Saturday and Sunday. And I'll probably wait until Monday or Tuesday to do the Weekender this week. But I did record a free edition of the Weekender that y'all can listen to right now. Um, I previewed the entire collective. Ninja Mac with the W, by the way. There we go. Oh. Um, but I did an entire collective preview. It's available for free on FightfulSelect.com if you want to listen to that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's everything I got, got going on right now. Look at that. One, one and oh, we've we've given the good luck to Ninja Mac here uh, as, he, as he appeared on our show. Got the uh, Jaden. Jaden lost after we had him on the show. He lost the title very quickly after we had him on the show. So um, we, we've we've uh, broken our own little little mini losing streak here because ninja mac picking up the victory guys we appreciate it again we'll be back next week on the spotlight you guys enjoy wrestlemania weekend have a good weekend stay safe enjoy all the wrestling have fun everybody we'll see y'all cody Rhodes. say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.